Since 1995, Alabama's sports talk leader, Tiger Communications, proudly presents Sports Call. It's time to join our Sports Call crew as they discuss the latest headlines and happenings around Auburn and the entire sports world. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. We're taking phone calls all show long and want to talk about whatever you've got on your mind. And now, coming to you live from the loveliest village on the plains, Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call. Good afternoon, Auburn. Welcome into Sports Call here today on this Thursday. Coming to you live from our studios here on South College Streets. My name is JJ Jackson. On the program with me today, I've got Brooks Childress and Brant Daughtry. We're coming to you live once again from our studios here on South College Street. You could call in and chat with us on our Auburn Bank phone line at 334-887-3401. A massive day in the sports world. Tons of news breaking here so far today. We're seeing reports of USC and UCLA likely headed to the Big Ten Conference. NBA free agency officially kicks off at 5 p.m. Central, 6 p.m. Eastern tonight. We're seeing Kevin Durant request a trade. Major League Baseball moves on with their season. The Braves having won two consecutive games. Auburn Athletics announces some branding deals that can help student-athletes profit off of some merchandise with the university tied in. I mean, it's just a big, big, big newsworthy day here in the world of sports, and we're going to discuss all of it for the next three hours here on Auburn's First and Auburn's Favorite Sports Talk Show. Again, J.J. Brant and Brooks from Insider Studios. Coming up in about 10 minutes, Connor O'Gara from Saturday Down South will be on the program program at 4:30 we chat with Brian Matthews from auburnsports.com a nightly tv guide birthdays and sports i mean we're doing the whole shebang so tons of things are happening here on the program today we hope that everyone's doing well brooks how are you i'm doing great i'm just excited that we get to announce in sports call that we're joining the pac 12 yeah we're <laughs> on the way the they lost usc and ucla today we are joining the pac 12 uh, in all seriousness big sports day today i mean just a a bombshell of uh, college football news with usc and UCLA, one of the, 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 if not the largest, the second largest TV market in the country now belongs to the Big Ten uh, as of 2024 when those two teams join in. And that's a big blow to the Pac-12. A lot of people are starting to speculate, does the Pac-12 go after some of these Mountain West schools? Does the Big 12 then react after losing uh, two big teams uh, in Oklahoma and Texas to the SEC? Do they go out and try to poach some of those Pac-12 schools? Apparently, moments ago, saw uh, Brett McMurphy from Action Network Network tweet that the Big Ten doesn't seem that does not their sources saying they're not done. They may look beyond what they have right now. It's just you know you think you're getting to a point in the college football world where everything's kind of quieted down a little bit and we're getting you know co- going to coast into SEC media days and when all the media days get started and then this blows up and now the college football world's thrown into a frenzy again. Um, big NBA stuff happening today. Apparently the whole Nets roster is on the trading block and. We could be heading toward a a team that was preseason last year picked as a a championship contender in the East. 
now could be going into a total rebuild just like that. It's just it, it is crazy. And then of course the Atlanta Braves just keep on winning. Uh, one two, have now won two out of three against the Phillies on the road. Looking for the sweep tonight with Ian Anderson on the mound before you head to a big uh, weekend series in Cincinnati over the weekend. Uh, and hopefully you get Ronald Acuna Jr. back in that lineup. I know he's set to rejoin the Braves tonight in Philadelphia. Don't know his status for the game tonight. He's not in the lineup, but rumor or not rumors, but everything's pointing toward him returning this weekend for the Braves, which would be really, really big to get him back into that lineup. But other than that, it's a beautiful day. Nothing it's, else. It it's feels, just a Thursday. It feels pretty good outside today. It, we've been hot. It feels pretty good outside. Can't wait to talk to all of our callers about everything today. Last day of June. Tomorrow is July 1. Again, we will not have a program on the 4th of July that's coming up on Monday. Hopefully everybody has a really enjoyable holiday weekend. We mentioned 5 o'clock Central is when NBA free agency officially opens. It's also when they're throwing the first pitch of the Braves game. An hour earlier start than customary. It's typically... 7 p.m. Eastern time, first pitch. We're going to get a Thursday, 6 o'clock Eastern first pitch for the hell of it, because why not? So why not? Uh, we'll have that coming up here. Uh, Braves baseball will be taking place during the final hour of our show. Brant, how are you? Good to see you. Yeah, man, good to be back. Uh, I took a, va- took a little mini vacation, and uh, the past couple of days I've been a little bit under the weather, but I'm feeling much better today. And, man, what a day to come back to. I mean, Brooks touched on just about everything, uh, USC and UCLA and, uh, you know, the Big Ten going crazy. There's a lot of baseball stuff going on. Uh, the NBA uh, is super interesting uh, this time of year. And, you know, Kevin Durant is doing Kevin Durant things. So, I, I you know, I, it'll be really interesting to see where he goes. Um, it, it, free agency is about to be crazy. There's just a lot going on today, man. There, there's, it, you know, we talk about it where the, the school season has ended. Football, football is still a little while away, so we're in the deep heart of talking season. But it's not exactly talking season. There's a lot of real news going around right now, and, you know, there's going to be a lot of speculation going forward. And I, I like Brooks said, I can't wait to be talking about it. We're taking a look at uh, the NBA. Obviously, Kevin Durant requesting a trade out of Brooklyn. Brooks, you made a good point a year ago. You look at this roster, James Harden, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving combined. The three of those players have 27 all-star appearances. Yeah. 27 combined all-star appearances between that big three. And likely when the season gets started, likely maybe by the end of the week, uh, we will not have any of them still on the Brooklyn Nets roster. It's It's insane. insane. It's, it really is insane. And I think, you know, it, it comes from there is kind of this stigma, I guess, in basketball where there are a lot of selfish players. There and I'm I'm not saying like, oh, these guys should these guys would win more if they were selfless, but I, I think there's a there's a level of these guys want to get their shots. These guys want to be the focus. And when you put more than one guy like that in the same locker room, there's going to be clashes. And I don't, I don't think that Harden, Irving, and Durant all hated each other as people. But I certainly don't think they they got along. They, I don't think they meshed well on the basketball court. And then you know you had Kyrie Irving's vaccination status that be, that made him a, a part time player, uh, and. You know, and James Harden jumping ship in the middle of last season, and man, what what a mess that turned out to be when there is no reason that that combination of players shouldn't bring you a title. They, that it shouldn't work. I was going to say it it's goes, just goes to show you that you know the old saying, the grass is always greener on the other side. Yeah. Kevin Durant was having such a good you know good few years in uh, in Golden State, winning championships, winning Finals MVPs, and it's like you know what, I kind of want to go you know 
prove my own path and yeah. not play with all these the superstars over here gets to go goes to brooklyn uh brooklyn gets Kyrie, and they entice him to come over there so he can play with Kyrie. and it never really took off i mean they they had a one year where they were you know made a fine run into the playoffs but they you know injuries and everything kind of derailed that roster and uh, then this whole, you know, Kyrie's like, oh, I don't want to play here anymore. And the Nets are like, all right, fine, go find yourself a, a, a trade. And then does not find a trade except for maybe the Lakers and the Nets don't like the Lakers offer because it includes Russell Westbrook and no one really wants to take on that, that contract. And so he's like, all right, I'm opting in. And then it came out yesterday that the Nets found out that Kyrie was opting in when everybody else found out. When he tweeted and said, I'm opting in, that's when the Nets found out. And so... Kevin Durant's like, all what right. What a freaking disaster. Kevin Durant goes to the owner, like it, it, uh, Adrian Wojnarowski from ESPN tweeting a little bit ago that he went directly to the owner and said, I want to be traded. Didn't go to the GM or anything, went directly to the owner and said, I want to be traded. And now, an hour later, they, uh, I know we were sitting in there with the, the free agency special on ESPN in there, and Ryan uh, told us that six, 16 of the 30 teams had already called the Nets within 60 minutes of, this, of that news breaking. Yeah. And that, that's a lot of phone calls to field, and that's a lot of trade offers to go over. What a newsworthy day. I mean, here we are, 24 hours, uh, really, in the aftermath of the uh, Doug Gottlieb news break of the Casey Close contract situation oh, regarding Freddie Freeman, uh, which is certain worth, certainly worthy of conversation. But I uh, want to get set for our conversation here with Goner O'Gara from Saturday down south. Big news today, obviously, with USC and UCLA. Also, just within the week, in the sport of college football, you saw the ACC make a really big schedule decision with a 3-5-5 and model, three primary opponents every single year, but then 5-5, five and five, meaning that every four years, you will play every other team in the conference at least once at home and once away. What that could mean for the SEC is an interesting topic as their expansion uh, gets set to take place in the coming years with Oklahoma and Texas. I mean, you talk about college football, that news continues to move forward as well. It's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. I mean, it's it's the it's the scenario that we talked about a couple weeks ago when we were talking about, um, you know, we went through this whole thing with the SEC spring meetings and all the, the conference um, scheduling options that were there. You really like that because that means, you know, there's there's so many players out there that come, you know, come in and they never get to play at a certain school or they never get to go to this certain, you know, this certain school and they, they'll play there. And it, the, the scheduling model just kind of it, – it, made sense for a little bit but this way you get to you know in your college career you come in as a freshman you get to play every team at home and away and it that you just get to experience the the greatness that is college football especially in your conference and um now you know again with the um with USC UCLA move, maybe the ACC looks to expand a little bit. Maybe they go and try to poach someone, and who who knows what's going to happen? I, you know, I'm sure that was the the ACC was the big topic we were going to talk to Conor O'Gara about today. But you know, th- thanks Lincoln Riley, thanks Chip Kelly. It wasn't them, but they're the head coaches. And now we got a lot more to talk about. Yeah, I mean, a lot of news coming. Of course, you mentioned the ACC. They've got the 15 schools in their footprint. These other conferences are getting to the 16 schools, 15 for the ACC uh, in every sport except football. Notre Dame does its own thing in football, as we well know. Maybe somebody like West Virginia would be somebody for that footprint, uh, a school in the Big 12 currently that could move over. That's often been rumored. But uh, we will 
take our first break of today's program. And on the other side of this break, Connor O'Gara joins Sports Call. Tiger 95.9. All of the biggest names in the sports world want to be on Sports Call. We are very excited to be joined by ESPN's Adam Amin. Bring on a very special guest, a good friend of the program, a former host of this very show, and the current voice of the Auburn Tigers, the one and only Andy Burcham. We get the opportunity to welcome in Mr. Phil Steele into our program. Be sure to listen to our conversations with athletes, coaches, and media personalities on the Sports Call podcast. Let's get back to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Feel free to give us a call at 334-887-3401 or toll free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. All of our sports call callers and guests join us on the Auburn Bank phone line. Auburn Bank has been your hometown bank for over 110 years. Visit them online at auburnbank.com for more information. Your partner, your neighbor, your friend, member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender. My name is JJ Jackson with Brooks Childress and Brand Daughtry inside our studios right now here on the Plains as we want to go to the phone lines and joining us from Saturday down south, Connor O'Gara. A senior national football writer joining us on the program today. Connor, the time is always greatly appreciated on the eve of the month of July. How are you doing, my friend? Oh, doing well. You know, nothing really going on today in the college football <laughs> world. Just kind of taking it easy. What if I had just come on the air and had actually no idea about what UCLA did? You guys had to inform me, and I'm learning about all these things. But no, that, that is not the case. It's been a very busy afternoon. Yeah, I mean, uh, indeed it has. I think it took everybody aback. I mean, what, what was your sort of instant reaction? Did you have any idea that something like this could be coming? Because you're definitely more so plugged in than we are. We're very much so uh, more auburn centric and definitely a broader emphasis on the sec but did you see anything like this coming well to, to borrow a phrase from the great ranch wilder of the famous movie angels in the outfield it's about time all right it's about time that they can <laughs> finally made this move to react to what the sec did almost a year ago and you know you see the reports come out i saw ross dellinger talked about how there had been a, a committee in place to, to kind of be able to vet these moves. And we all thought that this was going to happen a long time ago, not necessarily USC and UCLA, but that the Big Ten was going to add these two teams. If you're the Big Ten, you have to keep pace with the SEC. You're trying to negotiate this new TV contract, and boy, did it make a big difference to be able to have this now in your corner where you can come out and say – we, we've got two major, major programs in terms of college athletics, their national brand, and the L.A. market. And so to see the Big Ten add, add this, it's no longer the SEC against everyone else. It's the SEC against the Big Ten against everyone else. And now everybody's going to be calling up the Big Ten and the SEC. And if they're not, they're probably foolish. Why these two schools, Connor? Why, why do they make sense? Because people look at the, the geographic footprint of this and they're probably a little concerned. You mentioned the big cities, the big hubs that could be factored into the Big Ten Conference with Los Angeles and New York and Chicago and that sort of thing. But these two schools in particular. 
I mean, who really cares in terms of geography when you've got Nebraska traveling to Piscataway to play Rutgers, all right? Like, (laughs) at this point, it doesn't really matter. I mean, everybody that's complaining about the geography, I'm like, all right, so so were you upset that Mizzou was playing Florida for the past 10 years, or we just, like, moved past that? Like, Boston College is playing Miami, okay? I think we can get over the geography of this entire deal and stop pretending like the regionalization of it matters. It doesn't. It doesn't. It's a very national sport now, and so I don't really buy into that whole belief. What, why it made sense is because of what they can offer in this next era. This next era is all about NIL. It's all about the potential pay-for-play era. That's why all of these schools are trying to find a way into getting a bigger revenue check. Think about this. My colleague Matt Hayes tweeted this out. We were heading into a world, if USC decided to do nothing, wherein USC would have been pulling in like $30 million bucks in annual revenue, and meanwhile, Vandy and Northwestern could have been raking in an $80 million revenue check. I mean, that just doesn't make any sense if you're USC. So it makes sense as to why the Big Ten was able to entertain that phone call and why it made sense for USC and UCLA to to make this move ahead of what's coming. That's the biggest thing to remember. It's all about getting in the best place possible ahead of these new TV contracts. That's obviously what drives everything is money and that sort of thing. Let me ask one silly question, and then we'll kind of get back uh, more focused on on the impact of all of this. It's always baffled me, and it's just something that we just laugh off and don't really talk about. But the idea that the Big Ten never really had 10 schools in recent memory in this century, and the Big 12 only had 10 members and that sort of thing. And we talk, are the names going to change of these conferences, Connor? It's hard to keep up with when you don't actually have that number of schools within each conference. Eh, who really cares? I mean, <laughs> the Big Ten has, it, look, it's got the easiest transition ever. It, it goes by B1G. I mean, I, I came to, to this company, Saturday Football, and from the jump, I, I came to, to start our Big Ten website, Saturday Tradition. That's why what, what I did in 2015 through 2017, and they shifted me over. But we started using B1G back in 2015. They've been using that as, like, an official way to address the Big Ten, so they could just call themselves the Big. And they'd be fine. I mean, that's what like they are it. at this point. They're, they're just the big. They are 16 teams. Their range is big. Their outreach is big. They have the three biggest TV markets in the United States now with Los Angeles, Chicago, and New York because Rutgers, of course, you could forget about them. So I think you just change it to the big and you're good. Connor, a question about the, the, the this move with USC, UCLA joining the Big Ten. If any, how does this affect the the alliance that was there between the ACC, the Big Ten, and the Pac-12? Blows it up into smithereens. Um, it, it it totally obliterates it. What alliance? I mean, I can't imagine that when George Klyakov and 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 Kevin Warren and you know they they all looked at each other and, and they were able, and Jim Phillips, they're all able to say, you know what. We're going to be step for step with one another, but if you got to poach our biggest schools, just go ahead and do it. I can't imagine that was the conversation that was had during this very intimate agreement that became known as the alliance. No, it's dead. And what that could potentially mean is that this fight to keep the Rose Bowl as part of this playoff discussion, that should be dead as well. So if those two things are kind of up in smoke, then that changes the way that we discuss playoff expansion. If the SEC is now not fighting against the alliance, and if the Pac-12 and the Big Ten are no longer going to be in agreement of each other no matter what, then, hey, everybody's kind of free to vote for themselves, and it makes more sense for the Big Ten to vote in favor of expansion. It's just a matter of what, what those parameters are going to be. So I think it does kind of change some of those things as much as we can make our jokes, but there are actual, there are actual implications to this 
unofficial relationship dying. Colin, do you think this is the beginning of us heading to uh, three or four super conferences? Uh, I mean, two, two conferences. That that look, that's that's where we're at right now. I mean, it, it's it's two super conferences versus everyone else. I, we're we're seeing the SEC and Big Ten within you know two three years here. They're going to have half of the Power Five. And think about the programs that have left: USC, UCLA, Oklahoma, Texas that have left. And that's not to say that this is done. Let's think about what could potentially be added if these conferences want to continue to grow, which, man, if you're Oregon, you're Washington, Notre Dame, think about these conferences that are looking at these TV contracts that are not as good as what they could be if they joined one of these SEC or Big Ten conferences. So I think it all, all signs point to us getting to a place where we're probably going to have two super conferences, and that's weird, and that's going to be a tough thing to digest in terms of what it means for the playoff and just the entire sport at large, but it does start to feel like we're heading in that direction. How does the ACC respond to all of this? Our guest, Connor O'Gara from Saturday Down South. You can follow him on Twitter at CJ O'Gara for all the latest news there. But the ACC, when we look at this, and obviously the news started a couple of years back when when Oklahoma and Texas announced that they would be joining the SEC. That's a Big 12. The ACC hasn't necessarily had any of its member schools impacted by any of this. How do they factor into this? They better be getting up on the phone and, and calling every single one of those members because let's not forget here, both the Big 12 and the Pac-12 were totally off guard with these moves. These moves are not made with the current conference in mind. It's not like they're talking between each other and they're saying, ah, you know, it's not like one of those situations where, you know how like if you're, if you're in good standing with your company, maybe you've been there for a long time, and then you kind of tell your boss, like, ah, hey, you know what, I'm interviewing for other jobs and kind of figure out what this is going to be. This is not that at all. So if you're the ACC, you need to be getting on the phone to Florida State, to Miami, to Clemson, North Carolina, Duke, all these programs that can actually offer a new conference something. And you need to make sure that you are in a good place with them because if you're not, you could wake up tomorrow and see a headline and they're gone, just like that. That's the world that we're living in in college football. And if there are people who still don't understand that, uh, man, I think they're naive with this entire thing. The sport is changing at a very rapid pace and it could be changing for the ACC. And it doesn't mean anything that it hasn't already changed for them. Connor, before the the bombshell dropped earlier today, I think one of the biggest talking points in college football was a change the ACC made earlier this week and going to their new non-divisions football schedule. What do you what does that uh, mean for the ACC, and how does it affect uh, you know other conferences like the SEC, who's been wrestling with changing how they uh, look at their conference schedules? Tentatively speaking, <laughs> this is what we're going to have in terms of these fourteen teams in the ACC. The change that I thought it made, at least before all of this USC and UCLA news dropped, was this is going to perhaps open the door a little bit more for the SEC to stick with an eight-game conference schedule and to have the one seven seven model with one permanent team and then the seven rotating home-and-homes. And there are people who might not like that, but at the same time, let's also remember that the SEC has never played more conference games than another power conference. So if you're the SEC and you are going to have this 16-team super conference at least, then why does it make sense for you to go to a nine-game conference schedule, especially when playoff expansion is not imminent just yet? I think today's news 
suggests that expansion is a little bit more imminent for the playoff. But what I think it allows for is those four ACC-SEC rivalries to not necessarily close the door on that. If the ACC had come out and announced a nine-game conference schedule, we'd be like, all right, well, I guess that means you know, Georgia Tech, Georgia, Kentucky, Louisville, all, these, all those non-conference rivalries, those are very much in jeopardy. And instead, it looks like that door is still being left open. So I think we are getting closer to a one-seven-seven model for the SEC. Let's shift gears a little bit again. Connor O'Gara is our guest here from Saturday Down South. I want to talk about a story you wrote recently uh, where you dubbed it the decision heard around the college football world, but obviously Arch Manning's co- uh, recruitment came to a close. He committed to the Texas Longhorns. What does all this mean? It means that Texas is back. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> it means, look, I, I think it's I think it's significant in terms of what Steve Sarkeesian is trying to build right now and the program that he inherited is, uh, in my opinion, in a much, much better place going forward with the way they've been able to recruit. It just seems like every single day they're getting a new blue chip. They're getting a new blue chip commitment in the 2023 class. So if you look at it from that standpoint, man, they're they're really building the way that you would hope they would build. Uh, for those who are writing off the Quinn Ewers thing and saying that oh he's going to transfer the second arch walks on campus, I'm like get out of here. Like the guy's going to have so much runway with 2022 if he develops into one of the nation's best quarterbacks which i think he will this year given the talent given the surroundings then he's going to return as one of the best quarterbacks in college football i don't think he's going to get benched going into his pre-draft season so i think it's a very interesting thing to think about 2025 if and when texas is coming to the sec for the first time we know they're coming to the sec the only question is when that will be and think about what a debut season that would be for Texas to have Arch Manning in his pre-draft year joining the SEC. I mean, those story lines, those storylines write themselves, and I would be absolutely here for that. Is is the recruitment of Arch Manning? I, I mean, I think it's safe to say that nothing has has really rivaled it. But but how much so? Because uh, it feels like we've been following Arch Manning since he stepped foot in high school, and ESPN's broadcasting some of the games, and he's got the the name behind him and that sort of thing. Just how big of a deal is this kid? This is a one-of-one situation, and time will tell if if he's going to be a one-of-one talent. It's still too early to say that. Even when you watch some of his clips, you're like, what's this competition that he's playing against? That's not to say that it means he's overrated or overhyped, but we've never seen a player that has gotten this kind of love. We just have not, and he is going to be under more pressure and higher expectations than any player in college football history. I think having the Manning name attached to that is such a big part of it, but he is the number one recruit in college football, and he is tied for the highest quarterback recruit we've ever seen with the likes of, ironically enough, Quinn Ewers and Vince Young. So that's going to be there. That's not going anywhere. Those expectations are going to be with him everywhere he goes. People are going to keep moving the goalposts. If he's anything short of Peyton Manning, people are going to label him as a bust, which is historically extremely unfair. But that's what he signed up for. Or maybe it's not what he signed up for, but it's what his family essentially signed him up for by being as dominant and as good as they were for as long as they were good. What's the latest with the NCAA football video games? I talked to Matt Brown about this uh, a couple of weeks ago, and if you don't know Matt Brown, or Matt Brown, he publishes the Extra Points newsletter. He's the one who broke the story. The latest is that we are getting a college football video game in 2023. They're figuring out right now all of the different traditions and whatnot that are going to be able to be incorporated. There are still a lot of things they're working out with being able to figure out collectives and if they're going to be able to use 
players' likeness in the game. Ideally, it makes a lot of sense. There's a lot of incentive for them to get that done. They still need to figure out what that looks like. But they're right now in the process of trying to get as many of these traditions as possible. I mean, having an eagle fly in the beginning of an Auburn game. Was I was going to put you on the spot. I was going to put you on the spot on what needed to be there for Auburn. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the type of stuff that we're talking about. I don't know that we're going to get neck in Baton Rouge. We can only hope that they'll let the band play neck. But you know what? If they don't, I think there's still going to be a lot of cool touches to this game. And who knows? Maybe we're even going to see coaches like this getting used. If you recall from the last video game, that wasn't something we could make happen. But now it seems a little bit more likely. And, you know, from a recruiting standpoint, it kind of makes a lot of sense. I would bet Lane Kiffin would want to make sure that his face is in that video game. And there are a lot of other coaches who would be right there with him. So it it is happening in 2023, uh, July. And it's just a matter of kind of getting those details figured out right now. Connor O'Gara is here with us, and the time is always greatly appreciated. On a day where news breaks, uh, we had set up this conversation a little bit ago, and, and here we are with a lot of things to talk about. You've got USC and UCLA set to join uh, the Big Ten, and then Kevin Durant's requesting a trade. I mean, it's just chaos out there, Connor. <laughs> It is. You know, is Kevin Durant going to go to the Big Ten? Is, is that the way this is all kind of breaking down? Man? Like, it's been a wild day in sports. I, I thought it was supposed to be, you know, 4th of July weekend, kind of ease into things. No, 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 no. It's, it's been none of that. It's been a wild day, but you know what? This is why we do what we do year-round. Will you consume hot dogs on the 4th of July? I won't because I'm actually going to be in Utah, and I don't think the They're hot anti-hot dog dogs. situation – yeah, they're, they're, they're going to pull out some like vegan hot dog on me or something like that. We'll, we'll find a way to get some, some quality food while we're out there. We're going to Zion National Park, um, so it's going to be a good time. I'll be consumed more by by the views probably than the hot dogs, but awesome. you know, if if we can make that happen, that that would be ideal. I'm just I'm not getting my hopes up for that. <laughs> Connor, thanks again for the chat today, and uh, we're looking forward to seeing you at SEC Media Days here in a few short weeks. Okay. Absolutely. Appreciate it, guys. All right. That's our buddy Connor O'Gara from Saturday Down South joining us there on the Auburn Bank phone line. A lot to catch up on there. And, yeah, college football video game right around the corner. I saw that he had done a recent podcast, the Saturday Down South podcast, with full details, but uh, about a year away. I cannot wait. He said July 2023, and tomorrow is July 2022, so yeah, we're man. really close. We're, we're a year away, and after not having it for the last almost 10 years now, uh, very, very excited for this. And that would be really cool. Like, in games in Auburn, yeah. you get to see the eagle fly. Uh, I'm trying to think of other traditions. Do we think we're going to have Ralphie the Buffalo at Colorado games? Need to. Do you think you're going to have Ugga at Georgia games? Like that? I think they had Ugga at Georgia games uh, in the earlier ones. I know that there was a, a game that was made like back in the 90s where they talk about Tumor's Corner. Uh-huh. And just, like, I thought, I remember playing that game thinking, that's so cool. But right. to like, actually see the Eagle fly and like, modern day consoles and graphics and stuff like that would be so awesome. I think, I think 14, it, the last one? Yes. Yes. Okay. Which came out in 2013. I think right. the, uh, the problem, though, is they some of the traditions may get put on the back burner because they got to keep updating the game on where teams go in conferences. Yeah. <laughs> you have to, there's going to be so many. If this keeps up, you got to have so many updates where you have to update it. Oh, USC, no longer in the Pac-12. Got to update the game. So mm-hmm. super conferences are coming, we hear. Absolutely. I, and, you know, I've been, I've been thinking super conferences are coming for a little while. I think once the playoff hit, I think that was when, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you started hearing the whispers of super conferences. I think eventually it will be full. 
four and they'll be divided geographically. Um, I, I don't I don't know that. It may just be the Big Ten and the SEC just going back and forth, the Big Ten having 25 teams in it. Um, but I, I, I do think eventually it will be four and it'll be geographic and you'll have Auburn playing Clemson and Miami and Florida State more regularly. Um, you know, and well, maybe maybe every year you get one team from from the other conferences. I, I think that would be pretty cool. That's why I had wanted to ask about the ACC because they're kind of yeah. the silent conference. They've got a new athletic director. Jim Phillips is in his first year after being the Northwestern athletic director. Uh, so now in his first year as the ACC commissioner, commissioner not athletic director. Uh, but with the ACC, they haven't had any teams leave their conference. Yep. Right, they've got a brand new SEC or excuse me ACC network with ESPN, the same sort of setup that the SEC has, just not as new uh, as or not as old, excuse me, as the SEC one that was in place. I was just curious how, how they would kind of factor into this, and I guess the SEC might want to make calls to some of those teams, well, or I, the ACC do something themselves. The SEC tried to get Florida State in the SEC forever ago, mm-hmm. you know, like it, back in the what early nineties yeah. when that went down, uh, and they ended up going to the ACC so I I really think that if this does continue if if the SEC and the Big Ten try to stay the SEC and the Big Ten rather than going to Southeast Southwest Northeast Northwest then I I think that eventually Miami Clemson North Carolina for sports other than football um, Duke maybe Uh, there there are a lot of teams in the ACC that could very well contribute to the Southeastern Conference. Never forget that for uh, for the longest time, South Carolina had more ACC South championships Carolina. than Clemson. Yeah, you know they, yeah. they they went ACC to SEC. Yeah. yeah, and and now there might be some ACC to SEC moves as well. So we shall see. I think this just means we're storming toward SEC media month instead of days. Yeah, man. <laughs> no yeah. kidding. All right. Well, you want to uh, take a time Week. out when we come back. We'll talk a little bit more about this. We'll let you know if any crazy free agency things have taken place and uh, more. You're listening to the Abbey Award-winning Sports Call. Follow us on tweeters. Follow our Sports Call host, J.J. Jackson, on Twitter by searching at underscore J.J. underscore Jackson underscore. And follow the show on Twitter by searching at Sports Call AU. Hashtag, is that two words? I'm Brian Harson, head football coach of the Auburn Tigers, and you're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. <laughs> All right, back on the show, J.J. Jackson inside the studio, Brooks Childress and Brandon Daughtry on the program with me today. Our thanks again to Connor O'Gara from Saturday Down South for joining us on the show. Brooks, only the second time ever that we've had him, but he's outstanding, and it'll, it'll be good to see him at SEC Media Days. And what a second appearance, you know? We, it, it, yeah. It's just impeccable timing that we were getting him on, and, you know, he, he writes for Saturday Down South. Also, we set this up a week ago. Yeah. <laughs> and it, it's I also, booked it a week ago, and here we are today with all this great news. You know, he talked about starting uh, Saturday Tradition, which is the, the Big Ten side of things, um, and just so happened that today we, we booked him, you know, like you said, you booked him 
meeting a week ago. The day he comes on, the the Big Ten is one is the conference making the the headlines, and so we were able to bring his knowledge into it at the Big Ten and. Man, it's just a yeah. wild, wild time out here. As he was saying, Saturday tradition existed before Saturday Down South. They had a Big Ten-specific publication before an SEC-specific publication. And uh makes sense. Now they got both of them, and both are in the headlines, and both in the news. Yeah, good things happening there for sure. 334-887-3401 if you want to call in and be a part of Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show. Let's celebrate today's birthdays. It's time for today's birthdays in sports. All right, today's birthdays in sports here today. On June 30th. Trevor Ariza is turning 37 years old, a current NBA small forward, last played for the Los Angeles Lakers, drafted in the second round of the 2004 NBA draft by the New York Knicks out of UCLA. The Bruins, Big Ten. NBA champion in 2009, Pac-10 all-freshman team in 2004, and California Mr. Basketball in 2003 it's trevor ariza who's celebrating his 37th birthday today uh, happy birthday carry on johnson turning 25 years old free agent running back in the nfl drafted in the second round of the 2018 nfl draft to the detroit lions out of auburn university War eagle in his junior year at auburn in 2017 johnson ran for over a thousand yard or a hundred yards, excuse me, in ten of twelve regular season games in total, thirteen ninety one. 18 rushing touchdowns, 20 total touchdowns in 2017. Carry on, turning 25. Had a uh, throwing touchdown that year. Yes, he did. The, the old Tebow jump pass against Alabama. Still a great name is Carry On. Carry On, yeah. especially for a running back. That's one of those big what-if questions. What if he had been fully healthy for that SEC championship game against Georgia? Absolutely. That, that Auburn lost that 28-7 to to Georgia. Now, I don't know if that necessarily him alone changes the outcome of that game. But it at least gives you better, puts you in a better position in that game, and gives you the rest of your team chances to make plays. Yeah. But what I always go back to is we never saw him and Camp Petway healthy at the same time. That's what if, right. What if you had that one-two punch going, that would have been phenomenal. We've got a birthday here. AJ Brown is turning 25, a current NFL wide receiver for the Philadelphia Eagles, drafted in the second round of the 2019 NFL Draft to the Tennessee Titans, out of Ole Miss. Go Rams. 2020 Pro Bowler, drafted as an outfielder by the San Diego Padres in the 2016 MLB Draft before choosing to pursue football at Ole Miss. Has had two out of three seasons with over a thousand yards rushing. Really good wide receiver. A.J. Brown recently traded from the Titans to the Eagles for this upcoming season. And then Trey Turner is turning 29, a current MLB shortstop for the L.A. Dodgers. He made his MLB debut in 2015 for the Washington Nationals, 2021 All-Star, 2019 World Series champion with the Nationals, won the National League batting title last year. Trey Turner turning 29 years old today. Good shortstop. Happy birthday, Trey Turner. Was it Wolfpack? Played NC State in his college days. Not too shabby. No. Not too shabby. So our birthdays in sports here today. 
Trevor Ariza is 37. Carrion Johnson, 25. A.J. Brown, 25. Trey Turner, 29. Also celebrating birthdays, Warren Davis, Mitch Redman, Jesus Aguilar, and Blake Trinan are all celebrating their birthdays today on June 30th. Alongside Brooks Childress and Brant Daughtry, my name is J.J. Jackson, talking about Trey Turner and baseball. Again, the Atlanta Braves will play the Philadelphia Phillies in about an hour, an early game today. Yep, yep. Not an afternoon game, Brooks, but just an hour earlier than usual. Kind of an early evening game, uh, and and it's it gets you really set for the weekend uh, because I believe if I can pull the schedule up right in front of me, the uh, tomorrow night's game is going to be a five forty first pitch in Cincinnati, and then you've got a three ten and a twelve forty. So it. Uh, Two afternoon games over the weekend, and then a five o'clock, uh, you know, five o'clock hour first pitch against the Reds tomorrow. So a lot of uh, starting to get a few more earlier first pitches here. But yeah, Braves sending Ian Anderson to the mound tonight, uh, still without Ronald Acuna Jr. But that really hasn't troubled them. The last two games, they've been able to uh, use the the home run power a little bit to help them win games. It was. Um, Darno and Matt Olson in that first game against the Phillies. And then last night, Adam Duvall had a big home run down the left field line, just kept it fair uh, and helped them win that game over the, the Philadelphia Phillies. Phillies have only scored four runs to the uh, the Braves nine so far. Nine to four, the Braves have outscored the Phillies in this uh, series. Hopefully that can keep going tonight and Braves can get one more win. And um, yeah, it, it should be a really, really fun conclusion tonight. Braves get out of town tonight. And as I said, head to the Reds for the weekend before coming back home starting Monday for the 4th of July host the Cardinals. We absolutely want that to continue. We want the scoring trend to continue for Atlanta playing incredible baseball in the month of June. Again, yesterday the Mets lost. The Mets lost during the day, so going into last night's game the Braves knew that they could make up some ground, and now the Braves only trail by three games in the National League Eastern Division. The last time the Braves were within three games was April 17th, a while ago. April 17th was the last time that the Braves were within three games, and they are within three games here today. Yeah, 30 days ago, they were 10 and a half back. And now they are within three. Uh, that's, it just speaks to what an insane month it's been. If you, you have tied the franchise record, or at least the Atlanta franchise record for most wins in a month, and if you sweep the Phillies today, then you'll break that record, and you know you, you will have made up very significant ground on the Mets, which I mean you've already done regardless. So uh, just a just a, a, a fantastic showing this month from the Braves and man this pitching staff is just incredible isn't it I mean it, the the weakest spot has been Charlie Morton seven big innings last night from Kyle Wright yeah, yeah Kyle, Kyle Wright has turned into a young stud um, Max Freed is one of the best pitchers in the game right now um, you, you've got uh You've got Mike Soroka still coming back from that uh, Achilles injury, and we st- we don't know if he'll ever be the same as what he was. But even if he can, you know, get some of his stuff back, he'll be a solid bottom of the rotation piece. So it's it, it really is crazy what they. Oh, and Spencer Strider, how can I forget? Yeah, Spencer Strider. Six foot one eighty. He doesn't look like a, a massive pitcher, but he throws ninety eight most of the time. <laughs> Has a wipeout slider and the best facial hair in the league. So, yeah. 
let's let's not forget about him. The pitching staff has been, has been crazy. The the hitting has been timely, uh, and you know if you get everybody back, Rosario is not back yet. Uh, Ozzy Albies is going to come back towards the end of the year. Even Acuna out of the lineup, he's missed more games than he has played uh, for most of this season. So uh, just if if the Braves can get everybody healthy and these guys can keep it up, there's no telling what this team can do. They look like a team that wants to go for another World Series. And it's really important that the Braves keep winning right now because, one, the Mets just got swept in a two-game series to the Astros, so you gain those two games back. You've got this weekend against the Reds on the road, and then you come back home to start next week. In the middle of next week, you get the Cardinals. First time you've seen the Cardinals this year. Cardinals are a pretty good baseball team. But the Mets, after getting swept by the Astros, are hosting the Rangers, not a great baseball team, and then they get to go on the road to the Reds, two not great baseball teams that they can kind of – the Mets have kind of you know fallen on some hard times here. They've uh, – you know they they were swept they two different series they were swept by the Astros within the past week um, they won two out of three against the Marlins but the Marlins gave them all that they could handle and then before that um, before that other game they they had a tough time with the Marlins even though they won three out of the three out of four there but you've got two different clubs that the Mets are playing over this next week and the Rangers and the Reds that they've got a really really strong chance of at least winning two out of three if not sweeping and so the Braves you've gotten to that you you know, gotten to the three spot where you're three games back. If you can come out of this this weekend against the Reds, winning and or sweeping the series, and then going into that series at home against the Cardinals and hopefully getting two out of three, you really like your chances to at least stay with that three-game back margin. You don't want to let that slip now that you've reeled them in a little bit. Big day. Big, uh, big day in sports. Big day in baseball. We were going to chat with Chelsea Janes of the Washington Post, their Major League Baseball insider. Uh, however, we had a quick last-minute schedule conflict, so she'll be on tomorrow's show. And uh, looking forward to talking with her. Commissioner Rob Manfred saying, Robot umpires by 2024. That's his goal. He would like to see that happen. What do you guys think? So my thing with robot umpires, I'm for them. Tell I me. want to see them. My problem with it is... A lot of times, umpires will call borderline balls and strikes based on how well the pitcher executed, right? The pitcher may throw a ball over the plate, but he missed his spot by, you know, 12 inches. What if he's trying to throw it inside corner and he ends up throwing it up and away? You know, it's it's one of those things where I don't know if I want to reward pitchers for missing their spot, but at the same time, you can't... I don't know. The, the, the a rules, strike is a strike. A strike is a strike. If it's over the plate and within that those parameters on the player's body, a strike, it should be called a strike. So that's why I am in favor of it. But I, I do think that there is something to be said for having the human element of it. Also, it's just the way the game's always been played, and baseball's so built on tradition. And I, I'm, I've been beating the drum for them to move away from it for a while now. But I can understand why some people have their reservations. Baseball Brooks, what do you think? I do have my reservations. You take the the human factor out of the game. There's no other sport that you take judgment calls out of the of the referee's hands. Like you can't really put in robot referees on in football. You can't really put in robot referees in basketball. It, it it takes part of that human element out of there, and I mean it's it's you know I know a lot of people are upset at, at umpires right now, but it's part of the you know it, it has always been and part of the game where you know you've got the the standard strike zone right, but each umpire is just a little bit different, and so you you throw it in there, 
and you you know you pitch and you pitch your throwing in there. You figure out that umpire strike zone, and you know that umpire strike zone. You know, oh, I can get a little bit more on this outside part of the plate. If you miss, you know, if you miss that outside part of the plate, what if it's a you know three two three two count, and bases are loaded, you're tied in the bottom of the ninth. You miss that strike zone by a you know quarter of an inch. The ump the the umpire could be like, all right, strike the you're you're out. The robot umpire be like, nope, that's a ball. Walked in the you just walked in the winning run, and it, it's just you you I I li- love the 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 human element because it's part of the game, you know it, it's not the robots are not you know what are we gonna have robots out there catching the ball because people commit too many errors and the players commit too many errors, are we you know it's it's just you can't have robots out there. Direct, you know, making ever, nothing can be ever be perfect in a game that I was don't not think, designed perfectly. I don't think we'll ever see robot players. I, I don't think that's what this is leading to at all. I'm not saying it's leading to, but I'm just saying if you if you're going with, oh, they're making too many errors behind the plate. You're anti robots. I am. I am anti robots. <laughs> they're taking our jobs. <laughs> my thing is like, yeah, I'm with you. I'm I'm I like pitchers figuring out umpire strike zones and batters having to adjust to that. And I think that is a very that's a very technical element of the game, and I like that chess match. But again, at the same time, a strike is supposed to be a strike. It, umpires shouldn't have different strike zones. You know, that's not what the rules say. The rules say if it's over the plate and within the certain spots on the player's body, then it's a strike. You know, and if they, you know, it, it's one of those things period. where, yeah, period. That's that's the rule. So I, I you're anti rules. I'm yeah yeah. Brooks hates the rules. He's all for no, I, anarchy. I hate robots. I hate robots. <laughs> So we'll get to ch- uh, talk with Chelsea James yeah. Uh, yeah. about that on tomorrow's show, which will be a whole lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Looking forward to that conversation for sure. All right, we've reached the end of the first hour of Sports Call here today. Alongside Brant Daughtry and Brooks Childress, my name is J.J. Jackson. Coming up in hour number two, Brian Matthews from AuburnSports.com will be part of the program, and we'll take your phone calls. 334-887-3401. One hour in the books, and we're rolling. One hour of our show is in the books. We've got more to come. Stay tuned for another hour of Sports Call right after the break. Since 1995, Alabama's sports talk leader, Tiger Communications, proudly presents Sports Call. It's time to join our Sports Call crew as they discuss the latest headlines and happenings around Auburn and the entire sports world. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. We're taking phone calls all show long and want to talk about whatever you've got on your mind. 
And now, coming to you live from the loveliest village on the plains, Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call. Second hour of Sports Call starts right now. Tiger 95.9 FM. J.J. Jackson inside the studio with Brooks Childress and Brant Daughtry. Coming up at 4.30, we will have Brian Matthews from AuburnSports.com on the program. A lot going on in the world of sports. One hour away from the start of NBA free agency. And then big news today, Brooks, USC and UCLA leaving the Pac-12. I, I think that's the biggest news in in a while. Um, really, really bombshell uh, came out this afternoon. I just want to know, and I asked this in, earlier, I wonder what it's like to be the reporter that is sending that tweet out and knowing what's about to happen as right. soon as you hit that, hit that send. What is that feeling like where you're like, this is about to blow everybody's mind and then just hit send? Yep. It's just got to be a cool feeling. It, it's got to be an unreal feeling. But, yeah, it's um, – you know, change again. We thought the you know changing the world of college football. Everything was kind of slowing down a little bit. You know, last a year ago or almost a year ago when we were at SEC Media Day, some news broke about Oklahoma, Texas coming to the SEC, and everyone was like, "Oh my gosh!" And then you know, today out of basically out of nowhere, because. Uh, a friend of the program that we've had on several times, James Crapia, tweeted that he had talked to the Pac-12 commissioner about a week ago and said, "Are do you you know is there any hinting or anything that your any your teams could get poached?" He said, "Absolutely not," and had no you know allegedly had no idea that this was coming. And then you know a week later, boom, your biggest TV market, your biggest uh, brand in the Pac-12, USC football, is leaving for the Big Ten and a, a Big Ten conference that already has so many big brands in it. I think an overlooked thing though about this is yes you know you know oh my gosh they're leaving for the big 10 this means we get usc versus michigan and ohio state and penn state and wisconsin on a very regular basis and that is really good for college football ratings that's fun that you know you talk about the tv deals uh that the big 10 is currently you know in the middle of negotiating and, and coming up on negotiating you when you get to to sell to these networks hey USC with Lincoln Riley could be on their way back up, and you've got a, a perennial powerhouse in Ohio State. You've got a, a team that, in Michigan that is, you know, one of the biggest brands in college football, and they seem to be back on that track. And uh, John, uh, Jim Harbaugh's got them back on that track. And two teams like a Penn State and, a, and Wisconsin that are teams that are always seem to be in the conversation for a Big Ten title. Are you get USC versus those two teams? You know a lot more often than you would scheduling you know these every so often out of conference games that's a huge selling point and that's a really good thing for college football viewing is like what do you want to see do you want to see usc play oregon state or do you want to see usc play ohio state and you'd rather see the latter yeah. for sure you would rather watch the latter indeed all right um we want to get you set for a conversation with brian matthews here in just a little bit uh today's the last day of june uh letting people know tomorrow is july 1 4th of july weekend is here we will not have a show on monday that's the 4th of july we hope everyone has a great weekend with friends and family uh we will be back on the air on tuesday july 5th and we will have a show tomorrow but uh, just a little program update right there with july here means we're about to have a little bit of 
a recruiting dead period for coaches. This is the time of year that they're really looking forward to because they get an opportunity to go on a quick little family vacation themselves before uh, getting back in. We'll have the Big Cat recruiting weekend July 30th, and then fall camp is right around the corner. But, Brant, in our show notes today, I kind of wanted you to give folks a rundown of uh, just because the coaches might be done, we're about to get a lot of decisions coming from recruits. So if you can kind of give us an overview of uh, what could be coming for Auburn and and what's significant about these recruitments. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is we're we're about to hit Big Cat Weekend uh, at the end of next month, uh, end of July. That's that's going to be the big one. Um, You really a lot of people I've listened to expect Brock Glenn to commit at that point and probably commit to Auburn uh, around that time. Actually, I think I saw that he set a recruitment date that will be the weekend before Big Cat Weekend. So I could see him even earlier than that. Auburn's heavily favored in that one. Uh, the ones we've got in the show notes, they're, uh, the top running back that Auburn's going after is Jeremiah Cobb. He's a four-star running back at Montgomery Catholic. He is the uh, the number one running back in Alabama. Uh, Auburn, Clemson, and Tennessee are the big ones. Uh, Auburn is predicted, predicted to get him. He's you know, he's a power guy. Uh, he's You look at him and you go, wow, that is a very thick young man. But he's certainly – but not to the point where he's slow. I mean, he looks like a tailback. You know, he looks like the type of guy you want. And that seems to be uh, Auburn's running back of the future, um, Jeremiah Cobb. You can – Look, I, if you follow these recruiting sites, you've heard these names. But uh, another one is... On a, three recruiting prediction yes. machine, their RPM, Auburn at 96.6%. That's a good percentage. That is a very Pretty high number. If you want to get as close to 100 as possible, 96.6 <laughs> is, is pretty close. The closer That's the not, better. Not bad at all. Who's next? Uh, uh, we'll look at the wide receiver, Carmelo English, out of Central Phoenix City. He's the number one wide receiver in the state. Uh, Alabama has offered this kid, Georgia. Uh, he's wooded it down to Auburn, Michigan, and Kentucky, which is an interesting final three. That is an interesting when final you're, three. When what do you think of that final three, that, Brooks? Um, I mean, Auburn, Michigan, Kentucky. I think it's a. it just shows you how deep, one, how deep the the Jim Harbaugh recruiting is they go everywhere to recruit it's a national brand um, you know there's been a lot of, I'm, I'm kind of interested that Clemson's not in that mix because Clemson has made it a very very big point of going down and getting some of these central kids the last two um, EJ Williams and Justin Ross from yep. Central Phoenix City right here the, the have only, gone to Clemson the thing that worries me though about it is you know you're in you know you're at Central Phoenix City you're very close to Auburn that that's the only thing that worries me is the kids that you know, you're close to home. You say, well, I kind of want to go spread my wings a little bit and go out somewhere else. But the fact that his top three are Auburn, Michigan, and Kentucky, those, those places are kind of, you know, it's a little bit of a hike to the other two schools besides Auburn. Um, but it, it's really interesting. Also, it just goes to show you what uh, what the, some of these top kids think about what Mark Stoops has been doing at Kentucky, that he, the receiver of this talent, has him in his top, as Kentucky in their top three. If Mark Stoops could get take that next step and get Kentucky to a point where they are con- continually competing for SEC titles and continually, you know, if you can pull one or two every few years against Georgia, uh, I don't know what, you know, Kentucky football could look very, very different. 
Brent, I didn't mean to cut you off. Tell us more no, about abs- Carmelo English. Absolutely. Carmelo English is, again, number one wide receiver in the state, four-star wide receiver. Uh, Auburn is heavily favored. Again, this number not as high as 96.6, but it's darn close. 95.5 Auburn predicted to get him uh, on behalf of the on three. recruit. What does that RPM stand for again? Recruiting Prediction Machine. Yeah, baby, the machine. We love to see yeah. it. <laughs> Putting a number to things like uh, high school students being consistent with themselves. English uh, <laughs> is a cool-ass name. English I don't know that I know any other Englishes as a last name. Yeah, Carmelo English. And then Carmelo, you know that name from basketball mainly, Carmelo Anthony. It's spelled differently, though. K-A-R-M-E-L-L, two L's, though. For Carmelo English. Yeah, Carmelo It seems like Auburn's the favorite. Yeah, Auburn definitely the favorite there. Uh, Heavily favorite. And and I'm telling you, these kids are all really good. Uh, Last one that we've got in the show notes here. Here's another awesome name. Keldrick Falk. Yeah. Goodness me. He's from Highland Home, member of the Flying Squadron. Um, He's a four-star. He's the number two edge in Alabama. It's amazing how deep the 23 class is for the state of Alabama. Because Alabama usually has, like, a lot of good players, but they don't have a high number of them. Just because the population of the state is not as great as somewhere like Florida or Georgia or California where you or or Texas. yeah. Yeah. Uh, these states where you usually see these high volu- this high volume of four and five star players, but Alabama has a ton in the twenty three class, and Auburn is in in the top three for most of these guys. Um, Keldrick Falk, uh, four star edge rusher, um, kind of a smaller guy. Honestly, you look at him; he doesn't look huge like his frame, but he's got the frame where you can put more weight on him and get him ready for SEC football. And if he does come in, I don't know if he contributes right away, but uh, he, he's a guy that in a couple of years you could definitely see committing, um, contributing. Right now, he's down to Auburn, Clemson, Florida, or and Florida State. Um, and again. The recruiting prediction machine, yes, courtesy of On3, uh, favors Auburn at 90.7%. So uh, I think this is the first year that On3 has rolled out that machine as well. So They put a lot of time yeah, into it. Yeah, uh, and so I'm very excited to see how well that thing works out. The name is um, Shannon Terry, and Shannon Terry is a genius. He created Rivals, and yeah, then he yeah. went and he created... 24 7 sports and then sold it and made some money and then he went and created on three sports dude's a legend yep and now he's got on three he's got a lot of amazing people the auburn recruiting experts are jeffrey lee keith niebuhr and cole pinkston jeffrey lee and keith niebuhr are finally on the same team after competing head-to-head for so many years those three targets though brant also important to point out we mentioned July is tomorrow. These announcements are coming soon. Like tomorrow yeah. is Jeremiah. Con- oh, yeah. Saturday is Carmelo Fall. English, and then also uh, Tuesday, the day after right. the Fourth of July, Tuesday is Keldrick Falk. So tomorrow. Saturday and Tuesday yeah. are going to have some decisions being made. Yeah, it is. Uh, you, you talked about it a minute ago. It's about to be the time where coaches go on vacation because they cannot actively recruit these kids anymore. Uh, but all of these kids are about to make decisions. They want to. Most of these guys want to go to their their camps representing a school. Typically, not always, but typically, they want to be representing a certain school. And uh, when and you know you have to commit to a school to be representing them and you know it, Auburn fans don't panic Auburn can flip kids who don't commit to their school this is not the signing period yet but uh you know in are we playing music 
just getting set for a break. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, okay. I just like I didn't recognize this, and I was like, that sounds weird. But um, <laughs> when uh, when when these kids commit, it's kind of like, hey, this is my leader right now. In today's day and age, a commitment just basically means this is my leader, and nothing is official until you sign. So don't panic. Also, don't get too comfortable. Uh, but also hope that Auburn can land a lot of these guys because there are some really great players that they're in the line for right now. This is Jason Derulo Colors. Okay. And it's sending us to a commercial break here on Sports Call. We're that back in a moment. Spiral. We need a timeout. Sports Call will be back after this quick break. This is Jake Crane, host of the J Boy Show, and you are listening to the Abbey Award winning Sports Call. Sports Call, Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show. J.J. Jackson, Brooks Childress, and Brant Daughtry inside our studios here on this Thursday. We're set to chat with Brian Matthews from AuburnSports.com here in just a little bit. And, uh, Brooks, we're just so overwhelmed by the amount of news that's taking place today. Yeah, I mean, you're waiting for uh, some more news to drop from Auburn. Auburn did break some news earlier today where they announced uh, they're forming a group, a, a partnership with the Brander Group to launch a licensing for student-athletes. And that was, that's a big deal is, you know, before this happened, I, I, kind of Fanatics got this rolling a couple months ago with partner programs where you could get your, your guys with, like, you could get a actual jersey right. of your of your favorite college player. Before that, when NIL first rolled out, it was like, hey, you can make money off of your name, image, and likeness, but you can't use your school's logo. That's why we saw a lot of the early, you know, guys, and especially from Auburn, using, you know, oh, NIL deal with these people, but it was like a plain blue Random jersey. Random shirt. Yeah, it was like a blue or an orange shirt or blue or orange jersey. Had no logos on it, nothing. Didn't even have the power stripe on it to kind of say, hey, this is definitely Auburn. It was just kind of generic. Now, you're starting to get these, and like I said, Fanatics kind of got the ball rolling. I know LSU was one of the teams that jumped on there, and now Auburn has launched their partnership earlier today with the Brander Group to help with those guys. And you know, you think about it, that's kind of like the no-brainer. That's how you know when you think about, oh, these guys are going to make it, uh, money off their name, image, like this. That's the first thing that popped in your mind is merch. You know, merch with you know, like like jerseys or T-shirts or hats or something with the with the guy's name and number on it. Uh, and and then you know this it it's it continues it continues to have the evolution of nil and it's going to where we we all thought it was going to go at the first place where you're able to buy you know a jersey with the player's name on it you can walk out there you know this year we could walk into Jordan Hare Stadium and see whoever the starting quarterback is for the Auburn football team we could see their jerseys all over the stadium and it'd be legitimate yeah it's awesome and to think of that a year ago. July 1 a year ago was the start of NIL and to see where we're now at today. Shout out to Milo Sweet Tea. Yeah, you know, with uh, with the brand partnerships that we're now seeing to get that apparel and to get that gear brooks like we have we still have a long way to go. Don't yeah. get me wrong, a long way to go. But 
uh, a little bit of progress is being made. Yeah, and I mean, like like you said, the NCAA still, you know, they're still having meetings about it, and you know, who who in the world knows when that's going to end because of the NCAA moves at the snail's pace. But you're still trying to figure out some things, figure out how you how to regulate this a little bit better, but. The, the fact that you're, you know, you've got this group, you know, this, this deal now, especially for Auburn, that, you know, you've, you've got guys that are going to go out there. And, you know, you think about it, there's not a lot of, you know, with a big team like football, there's, you know, there's a lot of guys you don't necessarily, they're not necessarily household names. They're not, you know, guys that you're going out there with. But with a team like the basketball team, where last year, Everybody that got playing time was just beloved by the Auburn fan base, and they're you know you had the meme army basically, and every one of those players got memed at some point last year. Think about if this was in last year, how quickly those jerseys would be flying off the shelves, no matter whose number and name was on the back. Like there, you can make the case that. Um, it, it, it's, uh, you would have seen Leor, so many. Yeah, Leor, Leor Berman, Berminger is exactly where I was going. You you know, you, you got the Jabari Smith to Walker Kessler. Everyone, you know, people would have bought those up. But you make the case that Leor Berman would have had a really, really good year with his jerseys if this was a thing last the year. The people's champion. <laughs> the people's champion. The headline, Auburn University Athletics and the Brander Group have established a group licensing program for the university student-athletes covering all the Tigers' 21 varsity sports. This collaboration creates new opportunities for Auburn University student-athletes who want to use their name, image, and likeness together with the school's official trademarks and logos. Quote, partnering with the Brander Group will tremendously benefit Auburn student-athletes, Auburn Athletics, and the Auburn family. TBG's best in-class leadership in group licensing will create opportunities that elevate the student-athlete experience while generating merchandise that allows fans to show their Auburn colors, end quote. That's coming from Director of Athletics, Alan Green. I just voice cracked twice uh, in the reading of that quote there, but... It happens, man. Big story. I mean, big news there uh, coming out with the Brander Group. Again, TBG, a brand management marketing and licensing agency that has now partnered with Auburn University. I'm wearing a... So today, I'm wearing a, a Josh Donaldson twins shirt right it's it's a it's a picture of josh donaldson like a bobblehead josh donaldson on my shirt think about if we had these type of shirts for the baseball team this year with sunny to share on them absolutely would you you'd go out and buy it I'd, yeah yeah buy it. You'd, for you'd, sure uh you know it, it's 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 a great move in and i know you know like you said a moment ago there's still a lot of stuff that needs to be ironed out with nil but I think this is one of the things that a lot of people wanted when NIL came out. And it, it was jerseys or merchandise with players' name, image, likeness associated with the school and the video game. As soon as you knew NIL was coming out, those are the two things that a lot yep. that most of the people wanted out of it was uh, college sports video games, football, basketball, maybe bring back the baseball game. Who knows? Um, and then an get- NCAA basketball game would kill yeah. in Auburn, Alabama right now. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Some examples of group licensing include athlete inclusion in trading card programs, video games, and co-branded jerseys that would include the student-athlete's name and number along with Auburn University trademarks and logos. Fans can expect to be able to purchase official Auburn University merchandise, including team jerseys with the name and number of their favorite players, as long as the players have joined the respective group licensing program. Once TV BG enters into agreements with applicable school trademark licensees. 
Big news. Big news. And uh, we'll talk about that and more with Brian Matthews from AuburnSports.com when he joins us after this break. J.J. Jackson and the guys want to hear from you. Give them a call to join Sports Call at 334-887-3401. Now back to more Sports Call with J.J. Jackson and the guys. Welcome back into Sports Call, WTGZ, Tiger 95.9 FM, and on the Tiger Communications app, J.J. Jackson inside the studio with Brooks Childress and Brant Daughtry. We are so thrilled to have the opportunity to go to our Auburn Bank phone line and bring on a good friend of the program. It's none other than Brian Matthews from AuburnSports.com. B. Matt, the time is always greatly appreciated. How's this Thursday going for you, my friend? Not too shabby. You know, we're getting closer to the weekend. Um... You know, it's a dead period in recruiting, but that doesn't mean recruiting is still going on. Um, so, uh, yeah, still plenty going on at AuburnSports.com. And, boy, a lot of news is coming out today, Brian. It seems like the, the college athletics world as we know it is, is, is yeah. constantly changing. Tell me what you make of this uh, USC and UCLA news. Yeah, so much for that alliance, right? Yeah. But um, that just popped up, like, uh, today. And um, in some ways it's very surprising. In other ways it's not. It's appeared for a while we're going to super conferences, and um, you know I think this is just the next step in that. And and now you're sort of scrambling and trying to figure out, okay, what's the SEC's next move going to be? Who, who do they want? You know, who, who fits best in this conference? And you know, is the Big Ten going to gobble up everybody else? Is it going to be two teams? Is um, you know the Pac-12 or the uh, you know the old um, Southwest Conference, Big 12, you know whatever you call it now? Uh, going to try to to snap up some people too from the from the Pac-12. So there's a lot of things that can still happen here. Tell us about this uh, group licensing deal that uh, was announced a little bit earlier today for Auburn Athletics. What does it mean? <laughs> I don't know what it means. You know, that's. Um, I mean, I think it's good for Auburn that they are licensing with more of these uh, NIL companies and uh, bringing more, you know, potential money to Auburn athletics and the players, um, you know, that can participate in this. So I think that's a plus. But understanding the whole world of NIL and, and um, how it affects recruiting and everything can be really daunting right now. I, I do think some of the numbers being thrown around are a little bit outrageous and, and maybe not all of them are completely true. Uh, but it's certainly a big part of uh, college athletics. Because we're like a year into this thing, Brian, and that's what's so crazy is that here we are a year later from all of this that came in to be, and while certain steps are being taken, and uh, yeah, awesome now that we don't have to see these generic, almost Photoshop blue jerseys with no Auburn logo or anything <laughs> like that, we're still trying to learn more as we go because we truly just don't know what all this NIL madness means. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And um you know, um, Auburn is, you know, needs to be a little bit more organized in that area, I think. But, you know, I also think there are good people working hard to get that done. So, so we'll just see how it goes. You mentioned the recruiting dead period, and uh, I know a couple of big targets are making decisions over the next few days. You've got a running back in Jeremiah Cobb and Carmelo English uh, in nearby central Phoenix City. Uh, what else is, uh, is upcoming, or what are the significance of these possible commitments for Auburn, Brian? 
Yeah, um, you know, Jeremiah Cobb, the running back from Montgomery Catholic, is announcing tomorrow about noon central time. And I, I do like Auburn's chance at this time. We'll see. Um, that would be a big win for Auburn. He's also, well, it's finalist for Auburn, Clemson, Tennessee, but he's had uh, offers from all over the country. So um, that, that would be a big win if, if they do indeed gain his commitment. Uh, Keldrick Falk, I think, is going to be the 5th of July. That's Auburn, Clemson, and I forget his other couple of schools there, but it's, it's mostly Auburn, Clemson, maybe FSU. Um, I, yeah, I thought Auburn was in good shape there. I don't feel quite as confident there anymore. And then Kamala English, the wide receiver from Central Pink City, has decided to move his uh, recruitment back a little bit. So we'll see how that goes. But um, I, I do think Auburn remains in, in fairly good shape for him also. Do you think this coaching staff was pleased with how the month of June went? For, I know it's a busy month. They had a lot of camps and that sort of thing. Do you get the sense that they were pleased with how things went? They should be pleased because I thought the month of June went really well for them. Uh, they accomplished the most important task in recruiting. That was getting players on campus. Um, they did a great job. They got 30 official visitors in. They got a bunch of 2024 20, and 25 um, you know, targets in for either camps or unofficial visits. So I thought that was a a good job there um, but now comes the next phase um, uh, is winning some of these battles and you know if they can get um, uh, you know Cobb that is a big win but they've got to win more um, especially in state uh, because this is a very very good year in state and they've, they've got to win some of these key battles for some of these top kids and, and not let them you know go to Georgia and Clemson and other schools out of state you know you expect to or win some and, and lose something to Alabama, but you, you think that these in-state kids often will be a position to win uh, more of these battles. So we'll see how that goes over the coming uh, weeks and months. Um, what's happened now with the early signing period is, is recruiting has shifted to June, and a lot of these top kids will take visits in June and then try to make a decision sometime in July or August before their season starts. Not all of them, but a good portion of them. So um, this is still a, a a very important uh, recruiting period for Auburn, even though it is a dead period for, for four weeks and there's no face-to-face contact with recruits. Brian Matthews is joining us from AuburnSports.com. And again, he's on Twitter, at BMATAU. Fall camp is right around the corner. We're counting down the days uh, for the college football season to be here. And SEC Media Day is coming up here in a, f- a few weeks. What are going to yeah. be some of the big questions you think that, that Brian Harson uh, will need to address? You know, I think a lot of them are going to be on offense. I just like what Auburn's done defensively with the guys they got coming back. I thought they hit the mark on some of their transfers there. Uh, also, you know, uh, getting some help there at safety with Craig McDonald, Jason Jones, and those tackle, DJ James at, at cornerback. So I think that can be a really strong position for Auburn. Um, I think most of the questions and most of the important battles are going to come on the offensive side. You know, you got to settle the quarterback position. Uh, Zach Calzada has been cleared. He's ready to go. Um, he'll be competing for that, and I think a lot of people um, think that he has a better than even chance to win, but certainly not a done deal at all. Um, and then, you know, you look at the wide receiver position, they brought in a couple of um, transfers there, and Coy Moore and, and Dazlin Worsham, and, and we'll see how much those guys can help out. Um, probably a good bit, I would think. Um, and then you've got some freshman receivers in there, too, that I think have a chance to play. And Amari Kelly is a guy that I think has, has turned some heads here early. Uh, during summer workout, so he's one to keep an eye on as, as two days gets underway in August. You know, on the offensive line, you got 121 starts returning, uh, but you still got to have. You know, it's one thing to have experience; it's another thing to actually, you know, be effective on the field. So that, they've got to do a better job of run blocking and opening up lanes. Uh, you know, pretend to be in that in that group because I do think Auburn's really talented at the running back position. 
uh, with Tank and, and some of the uh, pieces they have there. It's just a matter of um, you know scheming up better and and you know winning better um, you know at the line of scrimmage and starting to get a little push there and uh, you know having success. So I, I think that's a critical part of our success or failure this season is going to be the offensive line and how well they're able to run the ball, uh, setting up the rest of the offense to be a play-action offense. This time of year, I know something that a lot of people like to speculate about. We, we see fans talk about it from time to time. And, of course, we're talking about SEC Media Days. People want to know kind of what players possibly could be there on behalf of Auburn to represent the football team. And sometimes it feels like a sign as to who some of the leaders are going to be for this team. If you had to speculate or, or kind of predict who you think could be there, who would that be, B, Matt? Oh, well, I think um, Derek Hall for sure on the offensive side of the ball. I mean, he is a leader on and off the field. Um, just a great uh, yeah. a person, I guess you could say, as far as just, um, you know, you see him at the basketball games, at the softball games, you know, you name it. He's, he's just, loving it, yeah. He's just a part of it, right? So uh, you gotta, you got to have him there for sure. Um, you know, uh, I'm trying to think um, who else, uh, who would be the good player for offense to be there. Yeah. Um, Maybe somebody like Nick Brahms, possibly? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nick Brahms makes a lot of sense, of course, definitely. Uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's a really good pick there. I haven't had a chance to really think yeah. about this, so you, you're putting me on the spot This there, is what we but, have to uh, talk about when you got a three-hour show this time of year. You know that, yeah, B-Man. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but, yeah, Nick Nick is another guy who works his tail off on and off the field and would be a, a great addition. Of course, Cedric Jackson's another guy, senior uh, offensively, you could think uh, maybe could be there and, Colby Woodney, even though he's a junior, you know, is another to me key team leader and, and key player for this team. So, you know, uh, uh, linebacker Owen Popo is another guy you would think uh, probably has a good chance, I, w- I would think, uh, of being there. Uh, so I think those are some of the names to watch for. I would imagine it's safe to say a quarterback will not be there as uh, that sends, tends to uh, kind of tip, a fly, tip the cap yeah. to who could be the guy. Yeah, uh, I, I don't think that's going to happen. Not this year, at least. Maybe next year, but definitely not this year. Uh, Brian, we, we saw today that the reports are coming out that Auburn basketball is going to be heading back to Atlanta to take on Memphis uh, coming up in December. And you, know, you look at this, how this uh, non-conference schedule is kind of shaping up for the Tigers. How important is it for Bruce Pearl, especially losing two guys like Jabari Smith and Walker Kessler, to have a, a trip where you're hitting Atlanta, Los Angeles, Seattle, and hitting all these big teams right before you hit conference play? I think it's just tremendous uh, what Bruce Pearl and um, you know his his staff have done putting together this this schedule already, uh, and uh, I do think it's really important for them to get out there and, and, and challenge this team early and um, get them involved, uh, you know, um, because there are some new faces that have to sort of gel together. Uh, so I think I think this is so important. I think you saw it. Um, uh, last year, um, you saw it in baseball, really, you know, and you saw it with basketball, um, how important these non-conference um, type games are, um, you know, and, and, and getting your NCAA seeding and, and uh, you know, being placed in the tournament in a good spot. So I, I love what Auburn's uh, done uh, for this upcoming season. I think everybody should be really, really excited about it. And, um, you know, I'm not surprised. I think Bruce Pearl is, is tremendous coach and gets it and Auburn is very very lucky to have him what are 4th of July plans for the Matthews family coming up this weekend B-Matt you know we usually go to the local um, fireworks here so I'm sure we'll be there probably with some 
fried chicken or something, you know, and, and bring the dog out there and try to have some fun. I don't know how many kids, you know, mine, mine are just about all grown up, you know. Uh, last one is uh, starting college this fall, so it may just be me and me and Yvonne and, and the dog. So we'll see. We'll see who else shows up. Well, uh, we certainly hope that you enjoy the holiday weekend coming up. Appreciate the time as always. Tell me something that's coming up at AuburnSports.com that people should be aware of. Well, uh, of course, we got the commitment of Jeremiah Cobb. His decision uh, comes tomorrow about noon, so we'll have a full coverage of that, uh, good or possibly bad, but yeah. probably good, I feel. And, um, you know, plenty of other coverage. There's going to be other uh, football and basketball recruiting news coming out in the, in the coming days and weeks. And, um, you know, there's some other offseason things we do, like taking a look back at the team and um, uh, the upcoming schedule and stuff like that. So, um uh, you name it, we'll have it all there at AuburnSports.com. Of course, you can follow me on Twitter at BMATAU. Looking forward to catching up again soon. Enjoy the holiday weekend, Brian. Thanks for the time today. Appreciate it. Thank you. All right. That's Brian Matthews. He's joining us there on our Auburn Bank phone line. Covering Auburn athletics for over 20 years. It does a great job at AuburnSports.com with that guy, J.G. Tate. Good to hear about Auburn football. Uh, looks like we've got a little delay in the Carlo or Carmelo English decision uh not saturday like uh i was led to believe apologies there but a good update there for brian that's why we have insiders on like him to give us those kind of updates so let's take a quick time out we'll have more sports call we'll close out the hour right after this sports call has been on the air since 1995 I'm Sammy Coates, former Harvard football player and all-SEC wide receiver, and you are listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Welcome back in. Sports Call, Tiger 95.9 FM. And on the Tiger Communications app, J.J. Jackson inside the studio with Brooks Childress and Brant Dauntry. And Brooks, always a pleasure to catch up with one of our favorites, Brian Matthews, like we did just a moment ago. Yeah, and if you missed that, make sure you go and listen to it later this evening on our Sports Call podcast feed. It's going to be up there posted separately if you just want to listen to the interview. Don't want to listen to all three hours of the show. It'll be there. Always great to catch up with them. Um... Like, I always, I always try, and I, I know you, you did it. You try to find a question that it's, you know, something people don't think about. And Brian Matthews was trying to rack his brain thinking about who could go to the SEC media days, and we made the point that like, you got to think of some of these things when you talk for three hours on the show. And but it, he gave good answers on some of the guys that um, you know you could see there representing the Auburn Tigers, as you mentioned. JJ probably won't see a, a quarterback there this year. Um, that that decision is probably not going to come down until after you know after media days, after you get into fall camp, who's going to be the starter uh, at quarterback. But you know a guy like Derek Hall definitely definitely could be there. We definitely could see a, a guy like Owen Popo there. Um, I wouldn't be shocked if you saw a guy like Anders Carlson there, even though he's coming off an injury. He's, he's still a, a senior guy, a senior leader on the team. So, you know, Brian, he, Brian Matthews threw out a lot of good names in that interview, and um, they're, they're all real possibilities of who could represent those Tigers at the SEC Media Days in Atlanta next month. 334-887-3401 or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9 if you would like to call in and be a part of the program. Busy day. USC, UCLA are heading to the Big Ten. Kevin Durant requesting 
pending a trade in the NBA. He's got four years left on his deal. That is a monster story in sports. Uh, and then the Atlanta Braves, the hottest team in baseball, the best record in the major leagues. They won again last night. They're about to throw first pitch in about 15 minutes here again today against the Philadelphia Phillies. Let's go to our Auburn Bank phone line. And joining us now on the program is... Russell from Auburn. Russell has called into the program. Hi there, Russell. Hey, guys. Yeah, let's talk Let's talk about the Braves. Let's or, do it. I'll, I'll talk about the Braves. Y'all just listen. How yeah, about that? got about four or five minutes left for you in this hour. Go for it. All right. So it's really sad to see the whole Freddie Freeman thing. I, I mean, from what I'm hearing, you know, he... He was told about the offer, um, regardless of what his agent says he did or didn't do. It's just sad because that's why it makes a lot of sense as to why Freddie was so emotional when he had to do his press conference is because he knew, just like that agent did, that he would have taken that deal for five years, $135 million. And that's why it was so puzzling when – he went to the Dodgers for the money that he did and didn't come back to the Braves for the money that we knew was offered, you know? So, I mean, that's why it makes a lot of sense as to why he was so emotional is because he's sitting there thinking, I should still be here, and I would, I wanted to be here, and it was all over his face. And so it's just yep. sad that that got in the way, and Chipper tried to tell him, so I don't really feel bad for him because – Chipper even came out and was very blunt about what he told Freddie and what he told Freddie not to do and what he told him to do, and he didn't take his advice, and it ended up the way it ended up. So I really don't feel bad for him. I mean, it's hard not to feel bad for the guy, but he had advice from one of the best to ever do it, and he actually is, once you add it all up, going to take a pay cut to go to somewhere that he didn't want to finish his career and essentially won't get a statue at Truist Park. Um, sad news today about the voice of Truist Park. Um, Public address announcer name. Casey Motter. Yeah, yeah. Had a great voice, uh, Motter, yeah. Great voice and always loved to hear him at the games, and that's just terrible news. But other than that, the Braves, yeah, like you said, hottest team in baseball, um, 14-0 to start the month. They've been 7-5 since. Really, honestly, should be better than that. You know, lost a series at Wrigley to a Cubs team that is just struggling. So that doesn't make a whole lot of sense as to why they would lose two out of three there. And, I mean, real close games could have went either way in a couple of those. And then, obviously, Kenley Jansen being one strike away and off of the glove of Matt Olson, which is, I mean, he's an inch one way or the other, that game's over. So, um, could have been better. Could actually set the franchise record still tonight with 22 wins in a month. Yeah, last day um, of the month, so they could do it. Yeah, Nola, though, is going to be tough. He always is against us, but I feel good about the way we hit Zach Wheeler. So, hopefully, we'll keep it up. You know, who, who's been carrying us? You know, we don't even have Ronald Acuna right now. All right. Hadn't had Albies for half the month. Acuna's uh, been on and off. Um, Dansby. Dansby is earning a humongous paycheck no next year. I mean, just on fire. And his, his value is actually going to go up because the shift goes away next year and he's already shown his range is elite in Major League Baseball at shortstop and that's going to become even more of an attractive 
you know, on the free agent market if he gets there, which I hope he doesn't, but people are going to want that kind of range at shortstop when you can't shift. So, you know, he's earning a lot of money. Travis Darno on fire. Hit, put him and William Contreras together. It's the best catcher combination in baseball. Um, I mean, this up and down the line, Azuna's been hitting. Yeah. Duvall's starting to come around. I mean, everybody top to bottom is coming around, so it's really fun to watch. And then the pitching. Hey, we get Soroka back in like six weeks, you know? So, I mean, it, as long as everything goes well, you know, cross your fingers, knock on some wood, he comes back. But if you add him into this lineup now with Spencer Strider showing that he belongs, I mean, this, this is turning into, if they can keep it up and just stay with the Mets. We're three games back. I mean, that's nothing this time of year. So, just really proud to see them start playing great baseball again and happy to watch them and appreciate you guys taking the call. So good to hear from you, Russell. We appreciate hearing from you and uh, giving us a phone call. Glad to chat with you there. Do want to pass along a word that we saw just a moment ago from the Braves. They tweeted out the top vote getter in the National League, Ronald Acuna Jr. Their tweet says, because he received the most votes of NL players, Ronald automatically earns a starting spot in the 2022 All-Star Game. Thank you, Braves country. Our All-Star, Ronald Acuna Jr. All right, this hour has come to a close. One hour left to go. Alongside Branton Brooks, my name is JJ. We're rolling. Two hours of sports call are finished. Don't touch that radio dial. We've got one more hour to go. Whether you're leaving work, cruising around town, or listening on demand, we've still got some fun left for you. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show has been on the air since 1995 and is ready for 60 more minutes of fun. Now, let's get this hour of Sports Call started. Welcome back into the program. This is Sports Call, Tiger 95.9 FM. Third hour getting started right now in NBA Free Agency is off and running. I'm going to say first hour of NBA Free Agency. Blistering pace. Third hour of our show, but first hour of NBA Free Agency. And we're actually going to make this an NBA Thursday. Uh, Ryan LaVoy set to join us in just a moment. He and I had a show in college uh, that was originally started by Michael Pelfrey and Chris Williams. Michael Pelfrey, now the director of scouting for the Detroit Lions. Pretty awesome. Shout out. Uh, but uh, they started that show, handed it off to Ryan and I. We did it for several years in school, and so we're going to make it a fast break hour. And maybe we did the show on Thursdays, actually. I don't. When I, I was never invited. It. Maybe it was Thursdays that we did. No, maybe it was Wednesdays. I never got an invite. So who knows? Um, but we've just got alert after alert after alert to catch people up on, and and I just want to be able to talk about it. So uh, we take a look at some of these news. Oh. That one's a little bit too long. Like, I, I want to have a sound to be able to throw off every time a, a new signing comes in. 
You could do the draft Maybe sound. The air horn. I could do the draft sound. I could do that. Although that doesn't really fit, but you know. It's it, a little weird because of the draft there. Yeah. Maybe you do like a, like, do you have like a cash register? Uh, that would be do. very this good. This dude just got paid. That would be good. You could, you could do the fart noise from yesterday. <laughs> when someone yeah. gets way overpaid. Yeah. We did do that. Anthony yesterday. Simmons, four years, one hundred million. Simons, yes, uh, big deal for him. Big deal for him. Twenty five a year. Say, what did I say? Simmons. 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 Okay. And Brooks yeah. also. That's said, not the worst thing. Brooks also said thing. Simmons a little bit earlier today, yeah, wow. but I didn't correct him. I Ooh. I don't know why I corrected you. That wasn't nice. Because you hate me. No. Uh, wow. uh, well, mm. no. I've I've had I've had kind of like a rough past seven days. It's been it's been a wild. But I still anyway. I'm still a fan of yours. Well, I appreciate that. I believe in you. The salary cap for the 2022-23 NBA season is going to be $123,655,000 cap, $150,267,000 tax line. The only person that matters to is Ryan LaVoy. As was, I, don't I mean, know it that matters means. to a lot of people. But Daniel House has agreed to could, a deal with the 76ers. That's a big one right there. A ro- he did play for the Rockets. Now you've got Daryl Morey running ship in, Dan- in, in uh, Daniel? Philadelphia. Is that how that's pronounced? That is pronounced Daniel. Again, he went to D- Texas A&M. D-A-N-U-E-L. Morey oh. went from the Rockets to the Sixers, and now he's going there as well. I'll ask like I did during I'm the gonna break. I'm going to switch seats. I'll, I'll ask like I did in the break. Are, are they just rebuilding the Rockets in, in Philadelphia? Yes, they are. With Joel Embiid. With Joel Embiid. Uh, the, the piece they were missing. Uh, <laughs> you just need Daryl Morey. Or not Daryl Morey. You Malik Morey. Monk went you to just... the Kings of his own volition. Well, he didn't I have mean, to do that. He chose money. to go to Sacramento. Money. Money, money, money. It's the Abba, is it Abba song. Money, money, money. I would, I, would, I would take so much less money to avoid playing for the Kings. Because yeah. you're still getting tens of millions of dollars. I don't know. If I'm not that, like, well, if, if it's me and I'm not that good and I can just hang out on a roster and not be, like, paid attention to, I think the Kings would be fine. Hey, boys, what's going on? Hey, there's Ryan. Uh, Magic. It, it is I. I think I heard JJ talk about um, some uh, fast break uh History and yeah, back on uh, the old Weagle 91.1 back in the day. The show that Brooks was never invited on to. Well, was it Thursday? Ah, uh, I don't know. It was just one day a week, right? And then you graduated it, um, uh, a, a semester. I before did do me. that. So I did the show solo for about five months, and I it was just an hour. It was not like this tumultuous thing. Um, Three hours. Who who could do that? But uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, no uh, NBA free agency here. I don't know which guy, uh, which deals you guys have just talked about. Not a one. All of them. Um, We're just just going one by one. So yeah, the uh, Daniel House to the Sixers, and I I think I heard Brooks say the uh, Rockets seem to be rebuilding in Philadelphia. Yes, Uh, with the PJ Tucker signing as well. Uh, Three years, thirty-three million there. That's what I said. Um, Or what? Oh, you said the Rockets yeah. were building. Okay. Did you say that? I said it in the break, and then I said it again. Okay, okay. All right. Taking credit for my stuff. All right, I'm sorry. Um, either way, uh, Daryl Morey is alive and well, trying to recreate a team that never won a championship or made the NBA Finals. Um, Have y'all... Y'all, y'all hired a, the, the Hornets hired a coach, right? Correct. Steve All right. Clifford. So, D'Antoni's still out there. Go get him. Yeah, for real. Um, 
so yeah there was a slew of deals about uh nine minutes ago as it uh, turned over to five o'clock obviously tampering in the nba alive and well uh what what are you talking about it is not possible to have approximately seven or eight signings within seconds the, of five o'clock these were like clearly scheduled tweets the, the gm was just ready to go like he had the, the phone ready to dial and everything but some of these teams have signed two people yeah so it's like the well, assistant gm yeah. calling someone simultaneously yeah yeah the other thing is like these tweets you could not type out these tweets as fast as they were coming they had to be scheduled oh yeah had to be and, I mean, it, there's just chaos going on in the there's studio. There's so much happening um, right now that people can't see. It's just, the damn shit. It, it's, you know, uh, it, it, it's, you know, what do they call it? Legal tampering or whatever it is. Like, you know, they, they, everybody knows it happens, but it's just the big ones that affect other teams that are, that you get, you know, that people get in trouble for, i.e., who was it this year that lost draft picks, the Raptors and someone else that lost a draft pick this year. Um, but yeah, I mean, that, listen, there's a good reason why I wasn't invited onto the the fast break. One, everybody just the the, the hosts probably don't like me, and then two, that's, that's not what it was. <laughs> and then two, I just don't know as much about the NBA as other folks. So um, you know, I, I see the names come through. I've got Woj like tweeting through to my phone when it happens, but I'm like, oh well, all right, that's a good one. Yeah, no, and uh, we'll just give you another one. Uh, Tyus Jones re-upping with the Grizzlies. Two-year, $30 million. Is he um, worth it? And I, I am surprised by that because I thought the sentiment was that Jones would probably Ugh. be going elsewhere. He, of course, a reliable backup behind John Morant. Good shooter. Very good assist to turnover ratio. Just Best never, in NBA history. Yeah, just never turns over. The basketball. Um, I'm a little surprised to see all these deals. I guess from the standpoint of when you hear the news that Kevin Durant wants a trade, you typically think that that will kind of stop business in the league until you know what you're working with. If he goes to a team that you're competing against, you need to know how to uh, try and fight that. You need to know if you're going to be able to fight that, if you're going to be able to contend, uh, where guys will want to go. From their point of view, they might want to pair up with where Durant or Irving goes. And so I'm a little surprised to see this. But again, because of legit tampering, um, these deals were probably agreed upon yesterday, early today, before Durant even announced he was trading. You also see Mo Bamba re-signing with the Orlando Magic. They declined his option. Some people thought that he might be on the way out, but two-year $21 million for him so not and the other reason is because paulo banquero was given the number five jersey he has been announced a part of their roster with the jersey number that bomba had and it was like okay well i think if this guy's coming back he'd get to keep his jersey but i guess he'll change jersey numbers yeah um i saw somebody tweet that they wanted to see a lebron pick and roll to mo bomba so they could say it's la bomba <laughs> uh, uh, that is perfect. I'm okay with that. But uh, that will not be happening. That's uh, he's staying in Orlando. Uh, another deal. Uh, Joe Ingles is leaving the. Uh, well, I guess he had been traded from the Utah Jazz, but he will now be on the Milwaukee Bucks. As they've reached an agreement with him, he's recovering from that uh, ACL injury, but he should be able to play at some point next season, uh, if not at the beginning. 
So there is some player movement here. I mentioned Daniel House and P.J. Tucker going to the 76ers. Uh, you know, P.J. Tucker is 37 years old and just signed a three-year deal. Yeah, I was actually uh, reading Bill Simmons on this in the precedent. There's only about six or seven guys in NBA history that at age 38 or older have played in 12 postseason games more than 15 minutes a game or something like that. I mean, there's some specific parameters, but the the, the gist, gist of it is – very few guys the age P.J. Tucker will be next postseason will played will have played a, a decent amount of postseason basketball at that age. Um, and, and clearly they would want P.J. Tucker as a major, rota- major rotation player uh, to, to guard and defend. Uh, also shoot corner threes. And, but that's also just the way the league uh, is going now as players are having more capacity to be good later in a career. I mean, you see how old LeBron is, and yet he averaged 30 a game last year. Um, also seeing Milwaukee has re-upped Wesley Matthews. So we're, we're getting all these C-list free agents here, maybe a couple of, of B-list, at least for this class, because um, Milwaukee's busy now. That's three signings today for them. They re-upped Bobby Portis on a very modest four-year 49 million dollar deal and of course he's a, a quality player uh, I mean I just feel like for eight straight minutes I'm just reading new signings anything sticking out to you so this far? is fun yeah anything standing out uh, just the fact that we uh, this is one of our favorite days of the year I'm excited this has happened I want to bring up uh, another tweet that's been able to come out now the newly calendar has started that's the big news in this that's why we talked about at the nba draft people talking about walker kessler not getting to wear a timberwolves hat when he went across the stage the nba announcing that in basketball related income for this past season 8.892 billion dollars with a beat wow wow I mean, you get these numbers now that a new league year has officially started. You can put a book on the other one. I love numbers. That's a lot of money. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I, I don't think there's any worry that the, the league is doing well. I know some people try and push the narrative that TV ratings are down compared to, you know, three or four years ago. Eh, whatever. Uh, the league's still doing well. The salary cap's still going up. Lakers have made a signing. Uh, JJ's not very pleased. Free agent center Damian Jones. Uh, who, in JJ's defense, is about the 12th best player on a good team, uh, has agreed to a two-year deal with the Los Angeles Lakers. So the Lakers' first signing is a center. Can I can I point out one where I'm just going? Who cares? Yeah, go for it. Uh, Amir Coffee, player I've never heard of. Uh uh-huh. Three years, 11 million with the Clippers. I've never heard that name. I don't. I don't. I feel. I feel like why he, is he here? Yeah, he's why not is an this important player. Um, he he will not play for the Clippers um, in crunch time. Honestly, he's probably going to be bottom few players uh, of their team, bottom couple players on the team. He's the inning eater, essentially. Uh, the yeah. position player that you put out there to pitch when it's a 17-1 to ball game. Average nine a game last year, but uh, before that, average 3.2 and 3.2 uh, the two years before. All right. Vanderbilt Commodore. I know I know. it's a. It's basically you know a, a done deal, what, what's going to happen here, but – if you're a team, do you at least try to call James Harden since technically he's an unrestricted free agent? Yes. You, you try. You know what's going to happen, but do you yeah. call and say, oh, hey, 100%. here's this? Yeah, you, you have to. You you talk to him about the strip clubs that are available to him in your respective <laughs> hey, man, city. you ever been to Magic City? 
Uh, exactly. You talk to him about uh, everything with the adult nightlife, uh, and just check in on it. If great wings, uh, if he's pleased with the situation there, not the basketball situation, the nightlife situation uh, in in uh, Philadelphia. You know, I've never been to Philadelphia. Actually, that's not true. I have been to Philadelphia, but I've never been to a nightclub in Philadelphia. I won. I, I imagine the nightlife there is pretty good. I yeah. I would cheese not steaks know. and um, cheese steaks. I only know about Florida. Um, so, <laughs> anyway, um, Go Javon Gators. Carter is a Milwaukee Buck. Uh, that's a, another They're return. doing some things, man. Dun, dun, yeah, two-year deal for him. So, they've got, what, is that four signings in oh, <laughs> 18, 18 minutes, yeah. you know, in yeah. air quotes? <laughs> Busy on the phones. Um, so, yeah, they, they know what uh, role players they want around Giannis. The Bradley Beal contract, five-year max for Washington. Would you like to have a deep-dive discussion on what Washington is doing and what how long Bradley Beal can wait this out? I don't know what he's doing. He's making $250 million <laughs> over five That's <laughs> Playing in the nation's capital. He is getting paid. That's for sure. I just want the guy to get some help. See, it, everything is so relative, right? Because if you just told any of us, like, I'm going to put you in the worst. Like, this is uh, this is probably exaggerated. It's not the worst situation. But I'm going to put you in, like, the worst basketball situation. And you're a good player, but you're going to get no help and you have no chance of winning. But I'm going to give you five years to do it at – 50 million a year essentially 250 million dollars total i'm just like what bad basketball situation yeah could it be me i'm making 250 million dollars i don't care let me go get my buckets these uniforms are great there is so much that i would do for 50 million dollars in one year I I i would do anything that you asked of me honestly I would commit crimes. Oh, well, okay. <laughs> the bail's cheaper, is what Brad's saying. Yep. Um, Lou more, Dort, my favorite deals. name. Yeah, I was about to say, more deals, two more deals. Uh, Lou Dort, five-year, $87.5 million. <laughs> Dude's name is Lou Dort. To stay with Oklahoma City, a really good wing defender. Um, I, I don't have any speculation there. I don't want to start that train. But Chris Boucher... Three-year, $35 million deal to remain in Toronto. Dort's contract strikes me as interesting because, one, because Brant finds it funny. Two, because <laughs> that 15, the, the, the mid-teens to $20 million number, JJ, GMs love that number because in today's NBA with an, a, an ever-increasing salary cap, that's like the perfect number to put in a trade. Like, if I can get two $15 million guys, two $15 to $20 million per year guys, I can put those in almost any trade for any player, and the, and the salary math is right. going to work out. And so I, I'm almost looking at this Dort trade or this Dort signing – not that OKC doesn't want him. Not that OKC doesn't want him to be in there for a long time. But because that might be a trade chip for them in, in one or two years to acquire an expert player. Yeah, no, you're exactly right. You're right that uh, it's definitely 
worth noting what these figures are because so much can be said for uh, potential trades to be made down the road and moving forward. Nick Batum going back to the L.A. Clippers on a two-year deal. He was a popular name that had been coming up, uh, former Hornets player, which um, I'm always known to follow, and that sort of thing. Chris Boucher in the same way. I mean, three years for $35 million, That's not one of the first. I mean, you could go on the random street, and if you ask anybody who Chris Boucher is, they're going to have no idea who it's, you're talking about. Well, yep, they're going to think that you're, you know, they're going to think that you're talking yeah. about Bobby Boucher, yeah, Bobby's cousin, and that you forgot his first name. Mama, mama said, "I needed to make millions of dollars." <laughs> He's the best point guard since Joe Montana. <laughs> let's uh let's go ahead and we will take our first commercial break let's talk a little bit more we're doing a uh, free agency primer uh letting you know what's going on breaking the news as it comes to us busy day here in sports you're listening to sports call tiger 95.9 May we have your attention, please? Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? We're Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show. Hi, my name is... What? My name is... My name is... Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. I'm Corey Grant, former Auburn football and NFL running back, and you are listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Welcome back into Sports Call, WTGZ, Tiger 95.9 FM, and on the Tiger Communications app, J.J. Jackson, Brant Daughtry, Brooks Childress, Ryan LaVoy inside our studios here on South College Street. Busy, busy Thursday. A lot going on. Uh, the Atlanta Braves, they've started their baseball game. Could not tell you if anything has happened. I haven't seen any tweets come across uh, to let me know that anything has taken place. Zero, zero, about top of the second. I've right. not acquired anybody as far as <laughs> I'm, uh, wrong, yeah. wrong league. Top of the second for the Bravos, who go for the series sweep over the Phillies. USC and UCLA are joining the Big Ten. Uh, I was serious with my question to Connor O'Gara a little bit earlier today. It has always bothered me that there was 10 teams in the Big 12 and 12 teams in the Big Ten, and now we're having a million teams in the Big Ten, and they're doing their B1G, and I guess it really doesn't bother that many other people, but that just, I'm like, and now there's can we change the name? 10 teams in the Pac-12, which you could take it back to the Pac-10. At least they changed their name, though. Like, respect to the Pac, that they went from Pac-10 to Pac-12, and now they may go back to Pac-10. Respect well, to them yeah, for that. Well, true. Uh Big Ten's like just trying to play bingo. B10. Anyone got B10? No, we got more than 10. B16. B16. Uh, we might want to add a B20. He's yeah, funny. They, you just listen to him. Sometimes he is funny. He is funny. I like that. Uh, and then also NBA free agency has been off and running ever since 5. The afternoon got started uh, when Kevin Durant requested a trade away from the Brooklyn Nets. We said it a moment ago. This time a year ago. We were getting set for an NBA season uh, once again with Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, and Kevin Durant 
all on did I say his name twice? You yep. sure did. Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, and James Anything Harden. Two Kevin Durant. <laughs> oh boy! So yeah, um, it, it'll be it'll be tough to Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, and James Harden all on the same team, and they had twenty seven combined All Star appearances and did not win a playoff game. And so, yeah, I mean it's way different Dumb. now that it, we go into this next season, and it looks like none of them are going to be on the Brooklyn Nets. Way different. Yeah, I mean, the dynamic of the league will change. That's why I'm kind of surprised to see. I mean, I, I, granted, I say surprised. Of the guys I've mentioned, uh, I, I wish I would have made a more official list, but probably not more than two of the top 20 free agents are signed. And and to be clear, I'm not including like Bradley Beal because it was always understood. I, mean, I know technically he was a free agent, but it was one of those situations where there was never a doubt that he was re-signing with Washington. And so like if Harden re-signed with Philly, would never would never a doubt. So uh, of the guys always known to be available before the opt-outs this past week with the understanding they'd, they'd eventually just re-sign. I mean, you're talking, you know, P.J. Tucker... Uh, Lou Dort ultimately re-signed, and I think he was a restricted free agent anyway. Uh, again, yeah, not not one of the main guys. So I guess it's not too surprising because these guys don't really have a lot to do with where Durant or Irving will end up and what those teams are looking for. But I, I see a guy like P.J. Tucker, and like he's a really nice role player to have on a good team, especially a team that's offensive-oriented because P.J. Tucker defends his butt off. You know, he's not a very accomplished offensive player. He's really only got the corner three in his arsenal, but like he's going to work his tail off, and that's somebody you like to have come off the bench or, or play a decent amount of minutes. Um but until this Durant and Irving thing goes down, I don't think we'll get closure on someone like Zach Levine or DeAndre Ayton, uh, those guys that have been more talked about in free agency. Now, we saw Brunson go already to the Knicks, which is interesting because I don't think that he's worth what they're, he's going to get. I think he was at four years, 105, or four years, 110. For a guy that's an average starting point guard in the NBA, he's not the star the Knicks look for typically. He will make them a little better, but at the cost of what? You know, they're out of cap space now after signing him. And so it, it makes your team a little better, but he's not going to be a player that significantly changes their equation. I think the bigger issue with Brunson is what it does to Dallas. I think the the way greater impact is Dallas lost the their second best player for all intents and purposes from their postseason run from a team that went to the conference finals. And so does Dallas think about Kyrie Irving or does Dallas target um, DeAndre Ayton, if they have the money. I, I don't know if they have the cap space, actually. Um, they probably don't. It was probably a bird, right, bird rights issue why they were able to re-sign Brunson. So I don't know how Dallas goes about reacquiring a starting caliber player to put with Luka. you got to find a way to do it somehow, some way. And I know Kyrie Irving's name has come up a little bit 
with the uh, with the Dallas Mavericks today. Brunson going to the New York Knicks. Ryan, as you said, Leon Rose is his uh, former agent, now the current general manager of the Knicks. That made sense. His dad, Rick Brunson, was literally hired to be an assistant coach on the New York Knicks. You could start to see all those stars aligning. And so uh, now we finally know what the situation is and that he will be heading to play uh, for the New York Knicks there at Madison Square Garden. So, Brant. Uh, so, changing the sport here a little bit, um, the Braves just scratched across the run on the Phillies. They had the bases loaded with one out. Uh, who was it? I think it was William Contreras hit a very easy double play ball. Didi Gregorius stepped on second and started jogging to the dugout because he thought it was out number oh, three. Oh, no. And uh, the Braves got a run across. That a boy. So, I love that. So, uh, shout out to Didi. That's a worthy very, very Braves good player. Yes. But, that uh, just had a brain fart. Just cost his team a run. We had fart facts on the show yesterday. There's Boy, a brain yeah, fart. That was a that was a that on was our a wacky Wednesday. Yeah. Things got a little wacky for sure. Got a little wacky for sure. Let's go ahead and we'll take our next commercial break here on the program. Moving forward here on Sports Call today, uh, got a lot to talk about here in the wide world of sports. JJ Jackson alongside Brant Brooks and Ryan. We're back in a moment on Tiger ninety five point nine FM. Want to join our conversation? Tweet us your thoughts on Twitter at SportsCallAU. This is former Auburn football player Danny Skutak, and you are listening to the Abbey Award-winning Sports Call Auburn. Welcome back into Sports Call on Tiger 95.9 FM and on the Tiger Communications app. JJ Jackson here inside the studio with Ryan LaVoy, Brooks Childress, and Brant Daughtry. We're going to get you a nightly TV guide here in just a few moments. That is going to happen. It's going uh, to happen. It's going to happen. That is something that is going to take place. Tomorrow, we're also going to have Sports Call. That will happen at 3 o'clock here on 95.9 FM and uh, on the Tiger Communications app as well. We're going to chat with Kevin McAlpin of the Braves Radio Network. We're also going to chat with Chelsea Janes of the Washington Post, rescheduled from today to tomorrow, Brooks. It's uh, going from a basketball Thursday to a baseball Friday. And Let's do there's, it. There's nothing better than sitting on the 4th of July weekend watching baseball, uh, no matter if you're watching it on TV or if you get to go to a ball game this weekend. It is. Uh, it, there's nothing that goes together better than Fourth of July fireworks and baseball. Let me give you two baseball uh, I updates. Gonna, I thought you were gonna do like Pepsi and chicken or hot dogs, Coke and. Did you say hot dogs? I didn't say hot dogs because you know Shame all these you. all these yeah, well, drink brands are now claiming that just like wings taste better with Mountain Dew. Oh, or, true. Or somehow this pizza <laughs> is gonna be better with Pepsi. You want a burrito? It tastes better with Seven Up. Yeah, I just don't. I. It's just it's a it's a marketing campaign. It's what it is. Fourth of July, fireworks, baseball. 
I, I, you know, you can say hot dogs, but a lot of people just a lot of people vary what they barbecue on the Fourth of July. So I didn't want to go down that road. And ever universally, everybody can agree on um, baseball fireworks on the Fourth of July. What I was going to say is it's now one-one in the Braves and Phillies game as uh, they got a run on an RBI single from Alec Baum, and then uh, secondly, Ronald Acuna Jr. has the most votes in the National League. He will be a starter. The most votes in the American League is Aaron Judge. He will also be a starter, and he will hit a home run. Most likely. Wow. <laughs> Bold prediction. I, uh, I I wouldn't be shocked at all. Aaron Judge has put up stupid numbers. In L.A.? Season. Yeah. You're saying he hits a home run at, in the All-Star Game in L.A. versus some of the top pitching the National League yeah. season. We're going to have monthly predictions published tomorrow as well, talking a little bit about that home run derby that's in place. Uh, Brian Lavoie had a really good question suggestion uh, with uh, the longest home run that we would see in the home run derby. Epic question. Mm. Last year was crazy because it was at Coors Field. Last year. And the I, ball travels a million feet. I'm going to say, I was doing my research. Last year, one of the home runs was the longest ever home run hit at a home run derby. It, it was, was like 530. Yeah, something 520, like 520, something 520. Yeah. Did you read that in my email? No. I did. I, I read, read it on my emails, own. JJ. I, I don't look at your research. I look at I your do research. That. I do that. I seriously take time to help people and out. I, I, and I, I appreciate that. That, that should save me. Uh, I mean, Brooks just slapped you in the face. He don't really did. The, don't send well, me the research. Well, you also said no. Huh? Didn't you also say no? No. no? no? He, okay. he, I know he looks at the research. Yeah. Okay, okay. I Fair enough. I did not answer. I, I, mean, I did look at the research. Okay, okay. I told you that. I saw the questions, and that's why I started doing my own research on the questions. Anyway, check that out on the I website. Rory McIlroy is the favorite to win the Open Championship at plus... One thousand. Yeah, I am uh, Very sticking with my tactic of pu- of picking Brooks Kapka until he wins. Wow, thirty three hundred are his odds plus thirty three hundred. That's not too bad. That's not too bad. Um, all right, and then also NBA free agency has been happening. The Phillies also have a two to one lead. Uh, Calm down, nobody Ian. out in the second. Um, yeah, I'm. Uh, is is any big news going to happen this evening? You think? I don't see the Durant trade happening today or. Even tomorrow, really. I think it's going to happen immediately after the show goes off. <laughs> I, I think it's going to happen. That is our luck. Um, either this weekend or early next week because it won't take multiple weeks because the league is going to, you know, still have certain elements to certain free agents that are going to be waiting to make a decision based off this and teams waiting to see who wins the Durant sweepstakes and that sort of thing. But at the same time, this is a complicated trade package, and Brooklyn is going to field offers from two-thirds, three-quarters of the league. They've got a lot of offers to sort through. And another part of that is they've got to communicate if Kyrie Irving is going to be a part of the trade or if they're going to trade them separately. And so... That there is a lot to dive through. I, I just think the request is too new to expect something to be done today or tomorrow. I, I just think that's just too quick. I think early next week is probably the most reasonable thing. I think this weekend we'll start to see some smoke on you know which team is in the lead or the finalist or what package Brooklyn is liking. But I don't see think we'll see anything official until next week like for instance we've already gotten a couple tidbits like everyone is like well phoenix could put a decent package with ayton and bridges and draft picks and i certainly thought that would make some sense but 
Brooklyn's asking price is higher. Brooklyn has all. It's come out that Brooklyn has said they they absolutely think Devin Booker needs to be in the trade, and if that's the case, Phoenix is going to think absolutely not. So you're already going to get an impasse from the get go. Not to mention, Aiton's a restricted free agent, so he can sign an offer sheet somewhere starting now. So who's to say Detroit or anyone with cap space? Green, there's not a lot of teams with cap space, but the, the five or six teams that do have cap space, someone signs them to an offer sheet. Well, then Phoenix has got to make a decision whether to match or not. They could be stuck with a bigger contract than they wanted to or let them walk for nothing. Uh, the, the relationships are not good there between DeAndre Ayton and the, the Phoenix Suns currently. So I... I, I think this will halt, halt some business. I think we'll see a slow in the trickle. We've already not seen something in 15, 20 minutes now, which seems like such a long time compared to how they were rolling in. Uh, but I, I think these were all deals consummated earlier today before Durant was uh, on the trading block or yesterday in the legal, illegal, whatever tampering period. And, and so I think you're going to see a reduction in business over the next few days until the Durant trade happens. That's why I don't think it'll drone on all summer, but that's why I do think something this complicated will take at least a few days. Excellent use of the word consummated. Thank you. I did some research, and Kevin Durant announced through the Players' Tribune on the 4th of July in 2016 that he would be joining the Golden State Warriors, and he announced that at 11.38 a.m. Eastern Time. I remember. 11.38 a.m. Eastern Time. I remember I was in Asheville, North Carolina, uh, going down the French Broad River, uh, canoeing, actually, which is something I don't normally do, so that was a little significant to me to know. Yeah. Yeah, very much so stood out. I could not remember the time. Forgive me. And if you remembered that it was 1138, I, didn't remember I, I should have asked you. He would have been a freak if he remembered that. I knew it was before the lunchtime. So would you say, Brooks, Yeah. that the Kevin Durant trade happens before or after July 4th this year, 1138 a.m. Eastern? You see, I'm, I'm thinking about it because you said that's when he announced he was going to, to Golden State. When they the when the news came out that he was going that he was going to Brooklyn, it was the afternoon because I def, I remember I was walking around Target and I had put on Woj notifications just for that moment. I don't remember exactly what day it was. Whatever the first, I guess it would be July first, first day of the league year, or whatever it was that year. Um, but it was in the afternoon because I was in Target. So I'm gonna say it's it's gonna be. Hmm. I'm going to say the morning, no, the the afternoon of Sunday, the 3rd. I think okay. Sunday afternoon is when you're going to get the, the get the uh the news come down. I remember I'm going to take the 5th. Oh, I'm going to take Tuesday. You're going to say after. But I do remember when he put that in the players tribune running downstairs to tell my parents. It's like, "Dad, they got Durant. <laughs> they, they freaking did it. They got. They just got Kevin Durant. And my mom and dad were having like a serious like conversation at the time. My dad essentially just like that's great and waved me off. And I was like, but it's Kevin Durant. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? And so I just went ran back upstairs. Um, but uh, adult conversations happen from time to time. Um, so so you're gonna say after? I'm gonna take Friday. Okay, uh, not Friday. I'm gonna take Tuesday. 
I love fifth. it. I love it. All right, let's do a quick abbreviated version of our Sports Call Nightly TV Guide. Uh, Brooks, we've got some fun things coming up this weekend as uh, the TV Guide is something that we love to do. It's presented by our good friends over at White Claw Hard Seltzer. Let's get right into it. Here is Sports Call's Nightly TV Guide. Our show is about to end, but we've got you covered on entertainment for the evening. Here's Sports Call's Nightly TV Guide. Again, a nightly TV guide brought yep. to you by White Claw Hard Seltzer. Tell me something, Brooks. All right. Well, you've got uh, two movie picks for you this evening, starting things off. 6.45 on E-Network. It's Independence Day with Will Smith. Phenomenal movie. JJ, uh, have you seen Independence Day? No. Okay. Um, He's like the last man alive in the world no. in that one, right? No. That's, no, that's I, I Am Legend. legend. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, Which is also a pretty solid movie starring yeah. Is that Smith. a war movie? No. no. Well, I Am Legend or Independence Day? Independence Day. Yes. Um, <laughs> kind of. Technically, kind of. wars are involved. They're just with different things that we don't normally involve, with, yeah. such as aliens and zombies. Yes. Oh, okay. Uh, 8 o'clock on Nickelodeon. Shrek 2 is on tonight, the second Banger. Ed- edition of the Shrek movies. Still got to go see the Shreks. Oh, You've Gosh. never seen the Shrek. Like Shreks? I've seen bits and pieces. Donkey. Uh, you've I, never seen Shrek. In the morning, I'm making waffles. Like uh, I, can, first, I can add to the commentary <laughs> third, a little bit. Third one is not great. Fourth one is underrated. But the first and the second one are classics. You got it. You got to watch those. Uh, sports picks for you this evening at six o'clock on ESPNU. High school lacrosse is in action. Then at seven o'clock, also on ESPNU, high school baseball takes center stage. Dink. Your professional sports for the evening at six thirty on ESPN two. It is. The Greg Lavoy pick of the evening. CFL is back in action tonight. The BC Lions take on the Ottawa Red Blacks. Yes. I watched a BC Lions game last week, and I think they won. And it was a, uh, it was they were pretty Brywood good. Christian, yeah, that, wide receiver, that's, that's the running at the line of scrimmage. And then some baseball action for you tonight at nine o'clock on FS1. A battle in the NL West. This the San Diego Padres take on the Los Angeles Dodgers. Huge game out there as the Padres try to reel in the Dodgers, but. They just keep on winning out there. Freddie Freeman hit another home run last night. And so, yeah, dude, um, he, he uh, pretended the ball was his agent. <laughs> so, <laughs> hit it 430 feet. That is a look at your nightly TV game. Former, Brought funny, to my friends at White former agent. You're I funny. wish I could say that was original. as unfortunately not. Uh-oh. You should have just taken credit for it. You I should have, but it would have been dishonest. Uh, that does it for today's show. Thanks so much for listening. Guys, thanks for being here. Yep. Thanks. Enjoyed it. Thanks for to uh, Connor O'Gara and Brian Matthews for stopping by. For Ryan LaVoy, Brant Daughtry, and Brooks Childress, my name is JJ Jackson. Thank you, and good day. Oh.